for the... Yeah, do it. Should I mute you for the special opener? You I, don't I want, won't talk, but just mute me. You, you don't want to provide some special commentary? Oh, then leave if I'm allowed to comment. Then. Fuck, it's done that thing again where I added the end song. I've got it anyway, but it, it didn't add it to the mixer. Anyway, you ready for our special opener? I'm ready. It's a special edition opener. Picked up what it is. <laughs> Get ready. Can he go to a one-on-one? Can Charlie win a contest? <laughs> Couldn't quite, but he's still alive. He's going to kick it to the square. Cottrell was able to work Butterick out of it. He's just got to think his way through it for the Blues first. They needed that. We have only a couple of Blues to have played every game this year. 70 goals, 40 for the year. Make it 71. Akers will just drive it in deep. Curno again. He's looming. Charlie for three on the trot. And the Blues are back in the contest. Again, just kicks the grass. Cottrell, we know he's got leg speed. Atkins is no slouch, though. Well done, Cottrell. Really good kick. Open forward line. This is where Charlie's at his best. Look at that. He missed the check side moments ago, and he makes amends on the left. And the Blues have got four in a row. Akers goes to the pocket to Martin. Burgess casually goes back and kicks another one. And the Blues are well and truly back to life. Akers had a good turn. The kick towards Charlie. It's well and truly settled into the game. It was the second quarter in round 14 that got the Blues' season back on track. And this second quarter has got them back on track in this game. Spilled to Motlock. Great work from Dockey. Motlock with a quick reply. Got a couple. This is better. They turn the ball over. Motlock lowers the eyes. Finds Martin again with some separation. Important kick for the Blues. Strikes it nicely. Goal umpire doesn't move. Motlock pulls the kick at the last minute. Curno found space. That could be 50. Curno's going to wheel and go for number five. Bread and butter for the superstar. Curno stepping up where it matters most. There's the kick to Harry. That's what Carton fans want to see. Charlie to Harry. And they're back in front. This, you feel, a big moment in the context of the game. Holds its line. Got the finish. And he loves the celebration. He's going to go himself. It's going to go to the top of the square. Standing there, Charlie. Of course it is. Of course it is. He's done it at both ends of the ground. Fittingly has the final kick. And the Blues just keep on rolling. It's nine on end. And who knows when it'll stop. Oh, what do we think of that? That's brilliant. Is that Earth, Wind and Fire that or Cool in the Gang? That is Earth, Wind and Fire. You know how long I've been sitting on that bit for? <laughs> a year. I was going to say 10 years. I've been sitting on that bit from the, for the podcast perspective for legitimately a year. I had the idea, whatever it was last year, I thought, oh, maybe the Adelaide game. I thought, oh, if we make it, yeah. we'll start the show with September. And then I was like, 
Well, if we beat Melbourne, we'll start the show with September. Yeah. If we beat Collingwood, we'll start the show with September. And I went, that's fucked. That's obviously not going to happen. That sucks. Excellent. This the, is... song, the song was good in itself, but then to have the overlaid, uh, I feel like Lee Montagna sitting next to me. It's, uh, the goal, the kick to Harry and Ooh. Harry not breaking stride for a bloke who's just come off. I don't think Harry was taking any chances from the set shot. <laughs> I don't think he was thinking, I'm running this to the goal line. I'm surprised Owies didn't keep running on a few occasions as well. Yeah. Jack Martin's nonchalant. Do you get... They did it a couple of times. Did you get frustrated with the... You kidding? I am Queens Boulevard. It's less so with a hair... He's had a haircut. He's had a haircut. Um, did you get frustrated with the overuse of laconic... Yesterday. We've, fab, we've been over this. Laconic doesn't mean what AFL commentators <laughs> think it means. Laconic means short or brief. It doesn't mean lazy or disinterested. Yeah. Or it, it, it literally means if you're talking, it's short or brief, a laconic prose. Yeah. So you could say, how do you think the Blues pl- played yesterday? And if, if I say, had a bad first half, but better in the second, that's, that's a laconic it. answer. Yeah. It's, it's one of those funny things. It's become a footyism. Is and nonchalant a, a, a more accurate... Description. A bit yeah, more. probably. Like it's actually laconic. Sort of become. I don't, there would be a term for it, but it's become to mean something completely different. It's become to mean lazy and kind of half-assed. Sort of osmosis. It's a weird thing. This is, of course, the Ian Prendercast, a soon-to-be finals podcast. We're brought to you by One Twenty One Media and MGA. My name is Sean Peterbudge. Let's go, shall we? We need to get things started. Where's my sting? Oh, look who it is! You heard him just before. Thank you for making time for me to put this whole show together in the morning and drive out to your place to record. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, bon pomeriggio, ragazzi. We are here on a sunny Sunday afternoon in South Morang, in the backyard, on the deck. You in, you insisted on recording outside. It's, not, it's a nice day. <laughs> he, he insisted on. Kelly thought well, I was bonkers. Do you want to tell the story? You 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 said you might. We've we've to, told a few little Kelly stories on pod in the past. Yep. Keep, keep it PG. But um, you you call her Kylie. Kylie. Because we we've obviously heard the story about Jennifer Love Hewitt. We were telling Kelly about it. The listeners want to see that photo. By the way, we haven't forgotten and, and, about and that. As it was told to you directly, Kelly has no idea where the photo would be either. She like me would assume it's at my parents. But she, we were t- talking about the infamous day you took the photo and yes. we've told that story on pod about how Kelly was all of a sudden violently ill yeah. and you thought, I could be getting ready to upgrade here. I'm just going to count. I'm just going to have to <laughs> step aside. Something, right. could ha- something could happen here. Yeah. And look, if you're out of the picture for the next 15 minutes, that's fine. That's right. Just, just It's bait. I left her to fend for herself. Right, and look, survival of the fittest. She survived. It's, it's a basic Darwin, Darwinian, Darwinian precept, That's isn't right. it? It's, it's what has really separated us from the animals. Um, so Kylie? Kylie. So Kelly's maiden name is Walsh, yes. as you would know. So Kelly Walsh went to primary school with a mate of mine who I went to high school with. And um, so I saw Angelo at the – it would have been like – the Rye shops or the Dramana shops one summer. And obviously I hadn't seen him for a couple of years since high school. What year What year do you think this is? Oh, early 2000, so 2004. So I haven't seen him for four years, say. And he's come up and seen me, so, you know, having a bit of a chat. And Kelly's come along because Kelly was getting something. And he's straight away clicked. Oh, yeah, I went to primary school. I know you. I know you. Yep. He's gone, oh, 
I know you. We went to school together. And she's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden he's just gone, Kylie Watson, which I lost it. <laughs> because to me, it's so close and yet so obviously wrong. It was incredibly brave of him to just go with it. Kylie Watson. And <laughs> I lost it completely. I kind of half walked away thinking this, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. You are – it's good that in – for him it would have been like 10, 12 years since he saw Kelly. And he's, Kelly got, remember- he's got the initials right. He's got – it's the whole, you know, like Anglo He wasn't surname. just in the ballpark. I think he was rounding the bases. <laughs> yeah. and he was thinking, I'm a shouty. I'm just going to go for it. He's passed – he's rounded third and – He's been waved bo- home. He's, he's blown both ACLs. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's just like strolled up to him and tagged him as he's so, lying on the ground. So um, since that day, I've referred to her as Kylie. So did Kylie, Kylie, did Kelly remember his name? Yeah. So she was like, she had him on the money. Yeah. That makes it better again. Angelo Fafaro. Shout out. That makes it a listener, maybe. <laughs> we don't know. Um, Who built the house next door to Pete? There you go. Just what, with his own two hands? Is no, he no, he's, he's a builder. Yeah. So. And then Pete was like, oh, the guy building People take a lot of liberties with that, don't they? Like, I built this house. And you're like, no, you paid the builders to build this house. Yeah. But it's, you know, we built this house. We built it in, mm. no, you didn't no, I, I paid it. for the house. I paid for someone to build the house yeah. and was relatively satisfied with their work. Yeah. Um, should I try that? What's the burger joint on the drive-in? It's that little... Scullers. Should I give that a try? We'll try it tonight. Oh, have you been there? No. Oh, really? Mm. It's been there for a while. That little, it's like kind of like, it's, it's kind of weird. It's in the middle of nowhere. and it's, I think it's not necessarily a bad spot. It's attached to a childcare center. It's a weird partnership. Um, and it used to be a restaurant, or restaurant, or like a coffee shop or something. Yeah, called Miss V's. Because I've driven, because usually when we come, it's over nighttime or I'm leaving and it's 10 at night or something. And you're like, every time I come drive past it, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. And I was just wondering if you've tried it. No, you haven't tried it. I, I've, I had pizza. From Miss V's during lockdown, they yeah. were quite nice, um, but never tried Scullers. Apparently, it's a franchise. It's not like it's okay. a one-off thing, but because it's interesting, as you said, it's in, it's sort of isolated on its own, but at the same time, it's a weird place. Like it's a you, weird place, but it's also visible. So yeah. people are driving so in ho- and out, and hopefully that is what's triggering some business for them because they're not getting like when you got a, a shop next to Coles or mm. something. It's that walk-ins. Yeah, you get that. Uh, we call them. Uh, Linked trips. Is that, a, is that a professional term? Yeah. So when we're doing traffic analysis, traffic modelling, you don't – so, like, yeah, Sean will go to a burger place, but I might go to Coles and go, oh, shit, the burger place. It's not two trips. It's the same trip. <laughs> so so you, get, you get a multi-purpose trip discount. So I'll... when you're trying to calculate how much traffic a development would generate to do your, your modelling. So if you put the Carl's Jr. – Next to a Club X, yeah, you're a chance of capturing <laughs> the departing customers. The big, the big things with that is uh, this is getting very traffic engineering. I like it. It's like service stations. You're on the road. You're not going. Occasionally, you'll go. Oh, fuck, I forgot to fill up. I want, don't want to do that tomorrow morning. Mm. And you'll make a specific trip to the Shell and fill up. But most time, it's on your way home from somewhere. You just pull in to the Shell. So. Yeah, you've gone into the shell, but as far as the road network's concerned, you were already on the road network. The road was already – you're just looking for what's the – oh, I need some petrol. Where's yeah. the next petrol So you station? were ready – so as far as turning movements go, you've got to account for that in your design, but you don't 
You're not an extra trip on the road. You were already on the road regardless of that petrol station was there. No, like cafes and sort of small businesses rely on the interconnected network of other businesses near them Correct. to capture a larger clientele. Yes. And that's reflected in their... Which traffic, we've seen, obviously... Traffic generation... Uh, Characteristics. Well, we've also obviously seen in the um, proliferation of uh, shopping centres. Clearly, we're going yes. to put all of the all of the shops in a big building. Yes. And drag you to the them. rate per hundred square metres for traffic generation on larger shopping mm. centres as opposed to smaller shopping centres. The numbers speak for themselves. It's it's it's, it's significantly reduced. <laughs> um, how have you been? Otherwise, we haven't seen you on the pod for some time. Yeah, I've been all right, all right, but um, obviously. Had a bit to uh, – Kelly's auntie, unfortunately, passed away um, with a, a battle with cancer. So um, we had the funeral on Monday, which was a, a lovely send-off, yeah, as lovely as send-offs can be. But uh, Do you feel like funerals have kind of reached this kind of interesting and I think very good – I think it's a, about time. They've sort of reached organically. They're more of a celebration. Yes. They, it, it's, I remember – There would still some... be circumstances where – they are well. They can't be if it's something. It's something tragic. Something someone young, tragic or whatever. But like it's. I said, and I said, my my grandma passed earlier this year, at you know the the young age of ninety five. It's a good knock. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the last couple of years, she hadn't had her marbles. But even if she, say take off those three years, say ninety two. That is, you take a, that an unbelievable innings, you, right? You take that out. And of the I womb. said to Kelly, if if I hear anyone wailing at this funeral. I'm going to knock them out. It's 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 not a tragedy. This is not a no. She's had a fantastic life. And if anything, the last couple of years, this is probably a better alternative. Yeah. Than her, her, you know, final years of existence. So, you go there, you celebrate the life, and obviously, the younger you get, the sadder it is. And obviously, children, teenagers, people of our age, it's it's harsh. Hmm. But even then, if I was to touch wood, it's like. Let's let's come here and celebrate, celebrate, and have some laughs, and yeah. you know, remember yeah. in a positive manner. Yep. Don't it's something. It says don't mourn what we've lost. Celebrate. It's a generation change because I obviously with the wogs, I don't know what you call it. I'm just trying to think of the word in English. Whatever the luto is, the wake. Yeah. So um, the the Italian wake. It's just like so. The house is open. So just say Sean passes on a Monday. Funerals on a Friday. The, the the days in between, it's just all around Sean's house, and everyone's just morbid, and so even like for old old people. And I understand older people, older generate that kind of, they've only known one partner, their life is kind of, you know, very narrow as far as, you know, what they do is kind of you know for that one person. So it's you know, and they're very family orientated. But yeah, our generation is very different. We celebrate. As we should celebrate the life that's been lived. So we, we did that. It was great. Um, but obviously, with you know, Kelly was very involved in the final months, you know, with the illness and stuff, and then helping out her uncle and stuff. So it's uh, it was a big couple of weeks for the family. But um, she got a, a lovely send off, and um, yeah, it was just a busy time. Mm. And then obviously, I had Macca's birthday, and people who know me, my brother is. Is is a different, different being. So he's um, you know, it's not like, oh yeah, I'll miss Sean's birthday or I'll miss, thing, I'll miss everyone's. But when Macca's birthday is Macca's birthday, so that was Sunday night. So after I came back from the farm, I had to go to my cousin Simon's house, and that's where we um, we did it. So because not Macca, 
My, his name's Anthony. Yes. But um, I don't know. He just calls everyone Macca. Well, my older cousin, Michael, so there's the four of us, Simon, Michael, me and my brother, Anthony. And Michael and Anthony kind of grew up together and they call each other Macca. And I've said, you can't have the same nickname for each other. But it works. No, it doesn't. It does work. When they, when they, my brother also calls Michael's um, partner Babe because Michael calls him Babe. Like it. <laughs> Which is, I find that funny. But um, no, you can't. I can't call you. Yeah, but, I don't but, know. They, but they know what lightning. But they know, and you call me lightning. But they or know, flash. <laughs> hey, slick. But they they know what they're talking about, though. Do it they? works. It works for us. So, it works um, for them. So yeah, we had I had Maccas. So I took the Kelly was obviously just finalising a few things for the funeral on Monday, and I took the kids, and that's when I left. And then I called in. I thought I'll see how the record went. After I don't know why I thought you'd be finished by then, and you caught me on the uh, the drive through. On the drive through. glorious. I noticed on the vision very quickly that woman started talking at the window and I went, oh, my God. The thing is because I get, I get to the I get to the window, the, whatever it is, the box, and she, the guy goes, oh, can I have a minute? And I'm like, yeah. And then I'm talking to you guys, and he goes, oh, can I have a minute? I felt like saying, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to someone else. <laughs> so uh, that was weird. But the kids, how good were they? Sitting there in the back seat. I didn't quiet. even realise they were there. It was stunning. Munching on their chips. Then they got home and and Kelly was like, you, Kelly could smash. She was like, do you have chips? And the boys, you know. Did they look at each other and look for permission to be like, They yeah. looked at me as to say, we're going to throw you under the bus here. Yeah, we're going to turf you under this bus. Yeah. Dad got us Maccas. Just straight out. Just looked at me and said, Dad got us Maccas. Kelly so. would have just been annoyed you didn't get her something. No. Nah. No? No. Okay. Um, See that? You don't get that on an inside record. You don't get that, the inside. We're out in nature. It's a beautiful segue, actually, because you got us sitting next to you. You had a bit of a bonfire going on. You're obviously – we're recording to what could be – or adjacent to what could be uh, cross-examined in court later on. You were burning some documents. I Um, was burning – Kelly – Were you burning sensitive, potentially incriminating MGA documents? No, I was burning a lot of Amazon boxes – so Why don't you uh, just put them in a like a rubbish bin? Our rubbish bin's chockers. No, but like a just take them into it. Isn't it like a big recycle just bin e- or just something? Just easy to just just to get a fire going. Yeah, well, all I got to say is when you when you stoking a fire using a, a a prong or a prod to move things around in the fire, just just be aware that 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 is then going to be hot. It's going to be very hot. And um, I have burnt the living bejesus out of my thumb, and my ice pack is starting to get hot and it's starting to hurt again. Going to need to wave down some further assistance. I'm going to text for assistance. And you're going to text for some assistance. Well, if you haven't known already, Tim could not have possibly been silent for that long. Timbo ain't here. <laughs> uh, he's on a long lunch. He's on a junket. What is it? A six-course meal with matching wines. He, he is. is. How he Hold on. Listen, it. listen to this. Listen to this. Hold on. Just texted Kelly. He needs a new ice pack. We might get a might get a guest appearance here from Kel in a moment. Okay, here we go. So he's having appetizers, and with that, he's having the uh, the Sedona Estate Vintage Brute from 2018. Is he potentially trying to win himself some business on the back of this? I have no idea. So um, he wouldn't be paying for this. This would be <laughs> this would be on the company card or can't make that up, Sean. Can't make. I that like up. it how this is a family text chain. Like the boys are on it as well. No, there's only one mobile number, <laughs> but uh, I've texted, need a new ice pack. And her response, 
Far out. She's not normal. She's different breed. Here she comes now. She's she's she's. Here we go. Okay, unlocking that door. Very top top notch security here. Um. I thought she was going to do a sticks impersonation. Do a changeover. Do an oil change. Oh, no. She's dropped the ice pack. There we go. Uh, so Timbo's not here, and it's a shame, no. Fab, because um, as oh, I no. said on the text chain last night, I was going to eviscerate him with the most savage. Before you do that, can I, can I just go through this? This is what Timbo's doing. This is very – then he's having the kingfish. That's going to be paired with the, uh, the Sauvignon Blanc. Then he's having the whipped ricotta, pumpkin, and black truffle agnolotti. With brown butter and pine nuts. That's going with the uh, rosé. This is all from Sedona Estate. Then he's having the la- uh, roasted quail with crumbed, uh, with crumbed egg, black garlic and king brown mushrooms. That's going with the Sangiovese. The it's lamb all, shoulder. This all just sounds like wankery, doesn't it? This sounds be- beautiful. The lamb shoulder with eggplant. Um, that's going with the Shiraz. Um, and then he's having the cheese with the truffle walnuts, and that's going with a cab sev. He ain't paying for this. This is company card charged. Oh, or, or this will be if or, I was if I was phrases. Or he's been invited by someone who knows someone who's best mates with someone that he's mentioned on the pod. I'd be declaring this to the stock exchange as as because it's obviously a major expense. And the we, shareholders need to be made. Can we aware. dob him into the ATO? <laughs> is it too late? So right. I just want to take you through Tim. Tim had a mental breakdown on the group chat yesterday. He did, and and look, he had a mental he had a mental breakdown. Like he had an episode, and, and I've 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 been in his position. And the last thing you want, no offense, is you because you're very curt. You're very like very laconic, <laughs> very laconic. And the last thing you want to hear is someone saying you're having a meltdown when you're having a meltdown. This is uh, anger management, and Adam Sandler. He goes, I, I, goes, calm down, Tim. Calm down. He goes, I am calm. I am calm. <laughs> then he gets tasered. <laughs> um, I, I got where he was coming from because... He went too early. He went too big too early. Uh, he went big. Okay, what time did the game start? The game started at 10 past 2? 10 past 2. Okay, so I've got, I've got the time codes here for his mental breakdown. <laughs> so 10 past 2 the game started. Yes. Two nineteen, game over. We're on a holiday. If the reserves had been done by twenty-two goals, we're not there to play. Which, if you follow Twitter and the and people who follow us and we follow back, you could tell that was the sentiment from everybody that we weren't. Yeah, we as, weren't on. No, but as I said, yeah. the VFL stuff. The VFL okay. stuff's a different conversation about the team that gets put out, yeah. the team that Gold Coast have, the concessions they've got, which haven't made them a good AFL team. Yeah, but regardless... But I, they've made them a very, very good VFL team. I would have said we're on a holiday as well. So, this is... Fab, this is the nine-and-a-half-minute mark of the first quarter. He said, game over, we're on a holiday, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, he held fire for nine more minutes and then responded, fucking Ben Ainsworth. He was the bloke that he just mercilessly potted. Remember last year? He just On the pod, he just absolutely clipped this bloke for existing, basically. Yep. Just gave him the biggest backhander of all time. You were being relatively sort of measured. Sort of, I was being measured on Twitter. I had the same kind of opinions, but I was being measured. I, no, I, I was bubbling. But but you were being measured. You said yeah. quarter time rocket intensity's off. Voss can use it as a wake up call. Uh, you said it's work rate. They're going at one hundred and fifty percent. We're going at twenty percent. Blah blah. blah. Tim then responded, "It's pina colada time." Everyone in the conga line, boys. That was at 2.30. <laughs> and then at 2.31, he followed up with the piece de resistance. He followed, now, up now, with, now. he followed up with, and I quote Fab, 
This was and at, I this quote, is at 2.31. 2.31. He followed up with, fuck, I hope we lose to the Giants next week and miss finals. <laughs> and I quote. Yeah, look, I, I, I've, like I said, I love Tim. And the, I understand it because I've been there where you just. Just put the phone down. You just, you, I know. Well, Sean, it's very, <laughs> it's very, uh, very cute coming from you when you say put the phone down because you are. You, you're, you've got your bee in your bonnet on more than one occasion. And you know, yeah, but when you're in there, you just... But I don't... I, I've never actively wished for was, us to fail. If he was at the game, he'd have, he would have had a chat to Jay and... Jay's the cooler. You can't know. You kind of get that instant therapy where the worst thing about the Gold Coast game is we're all on our own. We're all at home. Like, you would have said a few things. Like, if you were in your room on your own... Like you would have looked at your dad and gone, "Fuck, we're no, off." No, we were having the conversation. We yeah. were saying we just need but to win and wake you've, up. You've kind of got that sounding board. He would have been at home on his own, just getting shitty, and it's just all manifested into what was arguably the greatest overreaction to a text of all time. From who? From who? Him? Him? Oh, what did he say? No, I'm saying when I he said, "Oh, the greatest uh, overreaction on text." On on text, not of a text. On text, he lost the plot. Yeah. And then he said, "It's Adelaide, which uh, everything he was saying, apart from that one, when he said he wants us to lose to the Giants, miss the finals. <laughs> um, apart from, I agreed with him. And then he goes, it's Adelaide all over. Agreed. Weak as piss, he said after that. Called us and, mental- I wrote, and I wrote, start a fight. I thought we just needed to get emotionally into the game. He called us mental midgets again. Uh, That's a Tim favourite. Um, so the chat didn't end there, ladies and gentlemen. It continued for some time. I loved my text. It was this is at two forty two. I said I didn't think David Swallow was still playing AFL. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never seen him play as well. Um, Timo then backed it up with, "Thank Christ, I have to coach basketball at four pm." Means to get uh, means what, what I get to switch this rubbish off. At which point, Carlton get bang. We're gonna wake up here and. At what point did I start needling him with you having a mental breakdown? That was right. That was two fifty five. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> replying to that um, miss the finals thing. And that's when he's gone with the mental midgets and then yeah. you two have um, – yeah, you've gone tit for tat on that. And then do you know what I love about Timbo? And I, it's genuine love. He's a going at it and he's still – every now and then it's just – it's a tweet more at the game than at us. Yeah. And then there's some there's – a, there's a snapshot of a quaddy. Thanks, Tim. It, it's not – a bet receipt, it's not how much. It's, There's it's, no context. It's, it's race numbers. There's no context. I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> I'm not even sure that was in the right chat. And I, it was probably something that saved him. He probably needed to just distract himself. Um, you know what a, f- a recent favourite Timism of mine? That one where he said he's, uh, what did he say his favourite colour blue is the darkest sky in the springtime or something? <laughs> that, was, that was... I want to get a T-shirt. That was bizarre. <laughs> And then people kept sending us like color swatches of the sky. <laughs> is this dark enough? I quite like that. Um, no, my favorite Timism recently is when he'll send us like social media content from the Giants. It's like I don't give a shit, Tim. <laughs> have you seen no, this? I, Fab, I, Fab, have you seen this from the Giants? Have yeah, you seen this? You're like, no, Tim, I haven't. Yeah, but I'll, I will look at it because if it matters to Tim, it matters to me, and that's that's the type of friend I am. But um, <laughs> um, I'm just like, what? No, Tim, I haven't seen Daniel Lloyd's retirement speech. No, we'll, Tim, I haven't seen such and such kingers on SEN Sydney. No, Tim. Going through these texts, I've just I've just triggered me because I, I was going to go off on him anyway. But when it just said, when Timbo texted, Pito statuesque. Do you recall that play where 
I think it was in the second quarter, just before half, I think it was, and the ball was within two metres of him and he just stood there and watched. And I just said, he just stood there, the lump. He just literally just stood and watched. It was like us. Oh, you're allowed to be out there. Just don't touch the ball. He just—he literally stood two meters away from. Where that's a, actually that's another good Timism where I could pot like oh you know the Blake Acres thing or something, yeah. like that was some time ago now, and we've been over it, and no one's happier that he's playing better footy, and it's great, but like last week, what is he takes a mark and Tim's like that's a man's mark. It's like is that a, is that like a backhander at me from fifteen weeks ago? Big, big man mark or something. <laughs> it's like is that is that a slight at me it's, from like four months ago? It was a big man or grown grown man it's, mark. It was weird. Is it, that's it a, was it was it was very NFL like. Yeah, it's a grown man's mark. It was like as opposed it to was. what it was. Uh, excellent stuff. That was good. You hope you enjoyed that, Tim. You were in no place to defend yourself. I've, and, I've defended you, Tim. And that's I, I, just the way we like it. If you're not going to show up, the wanting to hey, miss you know finals, what? I didn't agree with. But Dad, if you can't else. hear, if you can't hear for the record, and you can't get your hands up to defend yourself, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Prenda D Protect time. yourselves at all times. <laughs> Keep your hands up, Tim. Even if you're not here. Uh, Last week's Prenda DJ was wing it all by the outfit. Leonard Puglia, of course, this is his segment. We might need to rename it the <laughs> Leonard Puglia Prenda DJ. Um, these lines say it all because no one remembers a loser and I don't intend to be one. Winning it all, as Fab predicted earlier in the season. And Len Jet, of course, Matt said by winning it all by the outfit. Could go either way, a motivational or inspirational a... take on our winning streak or a cheeky fuck you dig at the salty supporters of the clubs we have dismantled. Yeah, it's just a, a you know manifest destiny and winning it all. And it's a throwback to obviously your statement earlier in the year. There'd be so many sound bites that we can get of me just. I'm not going back to get them. I'll I'll find them. Fuck. I'll well, also, time, I'll, time code them. I'll also send. find the Mr. Chen. Time code. No, I think I've deleted it. Oh, time stop. code it and Don't send do it that to me. to me. You would know winning it all. Uh, you might know this. You'll probably look it up later for any of our listeners. So winning it all was used or used to be used by whoever had the rights to the NBA finals, and they would play it at the. It was the montage at the end of the finals. Whatever the last game of the finals was from like 91 to 97 or 98, they would play winning it all over the series highlights. And of quite a few of them on YouTube. Right, eh? So they do the Bob Costas would do, you know, sign off for the year. And <laughs> Sorry. Whenever you mention Bob Costas, I think of the, the pink. Um, the the pi- American Bruce McAvaney. The, the pink eye that he copped at Brilliant. the Sochi Olympics. Fantastic. He turned up and he was still there. <laughs> he had, we've, we've spoken about this in the past. Someone farted on his pillow. Yeah, that's the only way you get pink eye. Or he was looking at a butthole. Or, or, or he, he probably had a, a, an itchy, you know, under region and that, that scratched the, his eye. And then just went, asked do I? And it's, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Bob Costas. Very good operator, Bob Costas. Mm, anyone else would have just gone, look, I'm not. I can't do this. I can't do this. But He's Bob's gone, like, this is goes, a fucking goes Olympic to the makeup games. department just to avoid this half of the face. He looked like he looked like Two Face, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. This is like, this is the Olympics are. This is his dance. This is yeah. his show. Because I'm not sitting the Olympics out. Yeah, it'd be like Bruce at Melbourne Cup Carnival. Yeah, Bruce would rock up with pink eye at he at the Melbourne Cup, the Olympics. Fuck, he was he was he look he well, was giving it a crack at the Women's World Cup. He was he had no idea what he was talking about. Right. <laughs> I said on Twitter that... What, but why is he there? Is he it was Channel 7. Credibility. Well, I don't think he was delivering that. And look, to, in Bruce's defence, I used on Twitter, I used the example of watching Larry King interview... Um, to, uh, I think he was Travis Barker of Blink-182. He was interviewing Travis Barker on his own show, Larry King, legendary journalist. He had no idea who Travis Barker was. 
He had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. But because he was the consummate professional, it just about worked. And it's the same thing with Bruce. Bruce had no idea what was going on. He was speaking in vague generalities and he was speaking about, he was like an old mate. He was speaking about the vibe and the atmosphere. It was marvelous. And it was like, you're, you're just about getting away with this and you're, you're staying out of the long grass that is the, the, just the soccer chat and your professionalism is getting you over the line. But just get Adam Peacock to host it. Yeah. Or so just let Mel host it. Or let Mel host it. Just um, get a soccer person to host it. Well... In fitting Printercast traditions, um, you know, speaking of you know Larry King and and you know Bob Costas and stuff, this week we lost one of the greats, Parco. Parco, dead, dead, dead. You know what Parco was too, like, and this is a testament to him because this is this is the show. So the show was called Parkinson, but was never about him. That's right. And lived or died on what his guests brought to the table. He he I like he's an interesting one where he's he's not what I would consider a, an amazing conversationalist. No. But he would totally give the conversation over to the guest yeah. and just hope that a Robin Williams or a um Billy Connolly or someone yeah. would just fucking But you need that just shows you how good at his job he was. And then you look at you look at people like Jimmy Fallon, totally different class, yeah. obviously, but Jimmy is the highlight of the show. Do you know what I mean? He's kind of, yeah, he's got the guests on there, but without Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's enthusiasm and childlike sort of stuff yeah. drives them to play along. Whereas you got someone like, and, and I've got a lot of time for like a Graham Norton because to him, he just lets the the guests, and I still don't understand why other show, shows don't do it, leave the other guests out there. Yeah. And have them interact with each other. That's they, it. they do it occasionally. The American shows will do it occasionally if they've got multiple guests and they'll they'll stay out. But usually I'll do my segment and then I leave. Um, Craig Ferguson was always very good. He did um, Drew Carey show. No, but what was his... Mr. Um, Wick, I think. Was that his name in the Drew Carey show? Didn't he do... He did a, He did the late, late show before he did the show, Corden. Yeah, he did the show after Letterman. Yeah. Before Corden did it. Yeah. And he would just... How true it is, I don't know, but he would. The, his bit was you would come out as a guest and he would like tear up the questions and he'd just have a chat with you. So he'd tear up the bio or the pre prepared stuff and he'd just shoot from the hip. Yeah. And he was, obviously haven't read it, so he's got. He's quite charismatic and quite sort of. Yeah. He could do it, yeah. He, he got a huge payout because he contractually he was going to succeed Letterman, but sort of both parties, I don't think, necessarily wanted that to be the case when the time came. Yep. But they still had to buy him out of that portion of his pay-or-play contract. So he got like a couple of million bucks to forfeit the rights to host Letterman's show, which went to Colbert. I was going to say, Stephen Colbert, he does a good job. It's a totally different show, though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you, if you watch Colbert, great. I reckon he's, he's, he's one of the better ones, late-night hosts. But See, I reckon Ferguson probably thought, oh, I just don't want to follow Letterman. Yeah, and, and I can't, which you can understand that, but Colbert probably shows we just make a different show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's I not. Do. But, uh, yeah. Love it. Excellent stuff. We're really making great progress here, Fab. We haven't spoken a fucking word about the football. Well, that's, we, and we're not going to either. Just because Tim Davis, Chaiwala, Donvale isn't here doesn't mean that Millionaire gets shuttered for a week. Are you ready? Yeah, Bob. I, ne- I need an ice pack and some, a glass of water. Oh, my God. 
Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Developed by a team of researchers to aid the student-athletes of the Florida Gators, Gatorade had a near-immediate impact on the school's on-field performance. Just a year after its launch, the Gators claimed their first ever Orange Bowl, with the losing coach that day crediting the beverage as having a role to play in the result. Who did the Florida Gators beat to win the 1966-67 Orange Bowl? Was it Texas A&M? Or what's the other one? Texas, the Aggies they're called, aren't they? They're the Aggies? Texas A&M, Georgia Tech, Tennessee, or Nebraska? The Florida Gators won the Orange Bowl one year after the launch of Gatorade by defeating which team? I've watched this documentary so many times. The only thing I don't remember is who the bloody hell they played. They did a really good they ad. They put lemon in it because it was it was so vile to drink yeah, this one stuff. Of the, one of the guys, players on the team said it tastes like piss. Yeah. And, um, so that's why the, the original flavour was lemon, lemon because they put lemon in it just to kind of make it bearable. The, that was a suggestion by the wife of the chief creator. She said, why don't we just add lemon juice to it? So, yeah, it's essentially a an electrolyte concoction. Ooh. Well, that's what they identified. They, they, a lot of players were particularly down in Florida, as Fab takes a swill of his Gatorade that's sitting next to him. Um, Tropical flavour, which is the best Gatorade oh, flavour. Yeah, no, no, it's not. But um, What are you, an orange? We'll go over this later. Okay. But yeah, a lot Give me of, the names again. Texas A&M. Maybe. Georgia ne- Tech. Maybe. Tennessee. Maybe. If you say maybe, you can have all of no, them no, or no, a maybe. No, no. Nebraska. No, too far away. I like you going, you're going, all four options are possible. Not Nebraska. Okay. Give me a 50-50. You want a 50-50, do you? Yes. You want a 50-50? Yeah. Am I prepared to give you a 50-50? You are. What about you call, phone a friend, you phone Kelly? Kelly would know nothing. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a 50-50. Your fitty fitty has left Texas A&M and Georgia Tech. A and B. I don't think... I reckon it's the Bulldogs. Georgia Tech are the Bulldogs, aren't they? Uh, yeah, one of the, the main Georgia One of the Georgias the are, are the Bulldogs. If that's Georgia Tech. If I'm going to go with... I'm just thinking Texas A&M probably played in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl or something like that. <laughs> no, would it be? It'd be like the, the Wendy's yeah, Chicken um, Bowl or something. Yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia Tech. Lock it in. He's locked in Georgia Tech. I gave him the fitty-fitty because he was just clueless. He had absolutely no idea what he was doing. So no, I, I eliminated Nebraska. So. You eliminated one team. You, yeah. you said that 75% of the options are possible. Yeah. Yeah, great. Great work. So you've gone for Georgia Tech. You said it wasn't going to be Texas A&M. You just dismissed Tennessee, sort of. The FedEx Orange Bowl. Yeah. Is he correct? He is. That's annoying. That's really annoying. He's just half-assed his way to a no, correct No, no, there, there was some thought in there. I did a Timbo and... You know what I like too? How Tim would have really gotten into the marrow of the question and he'd be, he'd be really thinking about different things. And you, you've just flown by the seat of your pants. And happened across the right answer. No, no, no. I eliminated. I'm one. saying that as a. I'm saying that as a compliment. I've asked for an ice pack and a glass of water. Let's see how many minutes ago. Eight minutes ago. My finger is burning. Pathetic. What's she doing? Well, I never know what she's doing. <laughs> Back there. <laughs> Back there. <laughs> the ice pack. <laughs>
There's Kelly. We can Where's the ice pack in the water? Jesus, woman. <laughs> the thing is, she could send one of the kids. She could. Which one, though? Which one's more trustworthy? Oh, Harvey. Okay. Alexander, no, Alexander's trustworthy. He just... You get distracted. He doesn't know his limit, limitations. Oh. I thought you'd get distracted on the way out or something. It's like I've, I've trained him to make me coffee. Um, so I've t- taught him how to use the Nespresso and whatever. But obviously Harvey's a bit tall. He can reach the machine. Mm. And, you know, he's, he's older. He's just he's, he's a bit more in tune. Alexander, no, no, I'll do it. What's happening here? Kelly's Kelly's bringing out. She's bringing out a spread. That's why she was taking eight minutes. Wow, we we apologise for the abuse. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to it back because we we absolutely we we really went for you. She's she's produced some some coke. She's produced some chips. She's produced a dog. Turn, turn me mic off. I'll get us a little a little we table. Might, we might have that later on. Um, so while Fab's getting a mic, thank you for that, Kelly. That was really quite nice of you and unexpected, given we we paid out on you. Um, just while Fab's getting us a table to chow down on our treats, uh, they defeated the Georgia Tech uh, Bulldogs 27-12 to with the previous year's uh, trophy-winning uh, Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback, sorry, Steve Spurrier, very much at the heart of what they were doing. Gatorade was actually conceived initially to save lives. A number of players would suffer dehydration and heat exhaustion, particularly playing down in Florida. Obviously, it gets very, very hot down there, very humid. Fab's getting the mic back on. Uh, as Fab alluded to, the wife of um, the chief architect of Gatorade, Mr. Cade, her name was Mary, suggested they add lemon juice to the recipe, thus creating and birthing the lemon-lime flavour. Is Fab chewing away. No, um, there's no muting today. We've won uh, nine in a row. It's a celebration. Gatorade's uh, showers obviously remain a staple of sports all over the world to this day. That's a mix-max. There's a mix max. There's some chips. Are you still got those cornetto oh. things? What are they called? Cornetto. What are they? The little, the little um, croissant things. Mm. Which I had about five of them because you said the apricot one's really nice, and there was no apricot in any of them. They were all chocolate. They're, no, no, even the chocolate. There was no chocolate in them. Was bad no batch. Filling. There was a bad, bad batch. batch. Um, Gatorade shower is still a staple of sports all over the world. Michael Jordan, of course, fronted the legendary campaign. Fab. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Front of the legendary Gatorade hold campaign. On, hold one on, of the All-time great pieces of American marketing, this Don't one. Don't do this to me. Don't do this. Give me five seconds. Four. Sometimes I dream that heals me. This is unbelievable. One of the great marketing campaigns ever. I still reckon this is the greatest ad for impact in a bit. Like to be like Mike. Be like Mike. People of my generation, you wanted to be like Mike. He's a fucking superstar. What year would that have been? Late eighties. Not too long after the ELO. But the ad went obviously a lot longer than that as well. They, they don't make ads like that. They would never use a song like that for an ad these days. No. Like a real classic sort of jingle, but at the same time, it's so wholesome. Yeah. People will love this. I love the chewing, will they? Yeah. They will. I it's don't know if they will. They can bug themselves. Best flavour, Gatorade. You sit into the tropical. I've gone with the tropical. Kelly's bringing cheese out now. And, and homemade salami. And homemade salami. 
I'm going to crack because we don't have normal biscuits. Well, it, it, it's a that's a. What's the? Give me the, give me a bit of that homemade salami. Did you make this yourself? Did, Manja. did, did you cure this yourself? Give it a crack. Corks, get inside. Good girl, inside. We've spoken about cheese lately. I'm not sure if I'm willing to risk the cheese during a record. Oh yeah, that's not bad. Not bad. You won't be able to purchase a salami that good. I'm not a big salami guy. Oh, you will after eating this. <laughs> Best flavour Gatorade, you go on the tropical. Mm. I don't know, it's just it's a bit more. I'm a big, I love the, the holy trinity for me. I the, can't do the blues and the purples. No, no, see, the holy trinity for me are the off-Broadway Gatorades, the underappreciated Gatorades. Don't tell me the white one. No, watermelon shit house. The only good thing about watermelon was the cap. It had the, the different, it had like the different lid with the actual mouthpiece on it. Grape Gatorade, amazing. Tastes like Hubba Bubba. Fucking phenomenal. Strawberry Gatorade, the most thirst-quenching beverage ever created. If you're running around, if you're playing sport like an indoor soccer like I used to, Strawberry Gatorade is the most refreshing drink of all it's time. The, it's the original thirst quencher. You just but It disappears. You inhale it. It becomes a vapor. All those flavors require one essential element. Does it need to be cold? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the tropical... No, I agree with that. You can sip on it for a while. I agree with Same that. Same with the orange. You can sip on the orange. Stop making lemon lime. No one's, no one's drinking oh, that Oh, no, shit. that's a staple. We've got to keep it. And then the the other one, there is a new contender has emerged. Apple. Haven't tried it. I like apple flavour. It's like it's like a it's a bit of an acquired taste. It's a it's very apple juicy. Just mute me for a sec because I gotta go. I don't know where he's going. Oh, he's going the other side. He's flipping. He's flipping. We're taking our sweet time to get there, but we've got to the reviews now. We've got an our review. Uh, from Blue Steel. Blue Steel. How fitting. Blue Steel given 157. Your, given your week trotting down Media Street and people finally seeing. If you didn't steel. wear the hat. Excuse me. I only wear the hat to annoy you. The steel side bottom comparison would be through. Because it's not just the beard. It's it's not just the, the, the shaved head. You are very, very steel side bottom like. You're an idiot. Um, Blue Steel 157, great show with terrific insight, banter, and pop culture references, which helped me get through the autumn blues of April and May. My six-year-old son was at the game, the Suns game, in round 14, and misheard their name as the Golf Course Suns. <laughs> Given how many white shoes slash retirees play in Queensland, it seemed a perfect fit. Hoping we can do a Bill Murray to the golf course next week and blow it up, go for style to secure finals, really would be a Cinderella story. Keep up the great work. Do you have any – you you don't uh, – haven't had any such heartwarming – Bonding moments with your children, obviously not the one you let go to Collingwood, but in what sense? You know, following the Blues. Yeah, well, I've taken him to the games. What heartwarming? What heartwarming stories do you want? Well, just a heartwarming story. Just you haven't had any. No, we'd go there. You've seen a couple of wins. Harvey's undefeated live. Um, yeah, but you only take him to the shit kicker interstate teams. Yeah, I've got to make sure we win. <laughs> my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. No shout out. Definitely not listeners. They took their kids. Hawthorne? No, my brother-in-law, Collingwood, Kelly's family. So they went to Sorry, the... Sorry, Hawth- your Simons. <coughs> Simons, yeah. They're Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, so they went to the uh, to the Hawthorne game at the MCG. As my brother-in-law said, quote, because seating would be easy. Um, seating, getting to the game, easy and, you know, an easy kill. So the boys could wave the flag. Next minute, they lose. Suck shit. I, 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 I'm not going to. Uh, 
I will say this. A couple of weeks ago. You can suck a fart right so Monday night dinners, my buns, Fab. Monday night dinners are a little bit difficult for Harvey. Obviously me, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, You're weathered. I'm calloused. Yeah. But we sit around a table and obviously got my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, my in-laws, Kelly, Alexander, you know, my nephews. So everyone's around a the table. They're all Collingwood supporters. And that does dominate most of the conversation. But me and Harvey are kind of like in one corner. And prior to the Collingwood game, so we do, we go to my parents on a Thursday night, Kelly's on a Monday. So Thursday night before the, Friday, uh, the Collingwood game, we're at my parents' place. My dad's got a Carlton doorbell, which is inside the house. It's just basically a button you press and it plays the song. And Harvey says, no, no, can I, can I take your, your doorbell? And I'm like, why do you want it? You're just going to play it all the time. You're going to annoy the shit out of me. Just leave it here. He goes, no, 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 I want it. Anyway, doorbell, I like, ma- I like where this is going. doorbell makes its way back here. I don't see it. We win the game, obviously, on Friday night. You probably forgot about it. I totally forgot about it. We're sitting around the dinner table on Monday night. Harvey all of a sudden looks at me. Reaches down, pulls out the button. He thought he was pulling out a gun. Puts it on the table, looks me dead in the eye and goes, boom. And just plays, <laughs> plays the theme song. <laughs> to which my nephew, who's Harvey's age, sits next to Harvey, goes, I hate this song. And Harvey just didn't even respond. Just, just that, was a, that was a real uh, Mario Bellatelli, you know, when all the United players were trying to choke him. <laughs> and he's just standing there completely with a great photo. So, uh, yeah, that's a moment we've had. That's a, that's a good moment, that one. I quite like that. So, um, I'm a fan. So, thanks for the shout out there, uh, Blue Steel. Thank you very much. Um, on to the footy chat now. It's only taken us 49 and three quarter minutes to get there. Scrub. We put the time codes in. If Pete goes, he doesn't understand what redacted segment means. We've been doing it for form. We've been I doing said, it for. I said, that, that's just the songs, Pete. We've been doing it for 20 months, 20 rounds, or whatever it is. So, people are finally getting the use of. If you, do, you just want to hear the footy talk, scrub. Not even scrub. You can go to their chapters. Yeah. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, I don't think you can do it on Spotify maybe. But on Apple, if you fl- if you open the episode and the play thing, mm. I'll show Fab so to explain. Just scroll up. You just flick the page up and it'll bring up the chapters. And if you, do you click on them? You just click on the chapter. Yeah. It takes you immediately do you know what else I through that time code. On my, as you would describe it, my shit aftermarket mm. head unit yeah. in, in the car. Terrible. The chapters actually come up. They come up. Yeah. Yeah, they'll come up as titles. Yep. Yep. So that's why we do what we do. Mate, get this salami in you, otherwise I ain't going to be here. That I time. had some, I said I liked it. I'm not a big salami guy. Um, something to believe in, Fab, is our first uh, heading. I'll just put an additional marker there in case I didn't earlier. Something to believe in is my first header for this episode. So what a day it is. You've made mention of it earlier. The world is healing, the sun is out, the sky is clear, the blues are back. We are back, baby. And we, we're getting dug back. We're here to chat it all. Um, this run, Fab, has shown I'm us... I'm just speaking out what you were saying. <laughs> it's the hangover. Yeah. Uh, this run has shown us something like tangible, something real, like something repeatable. This run is what we, and when I say we, I say I talk about the fan base. This is something that we believed we could be and seemingly before the club believed they could be it. The playing group believed they could be it. The fans really sort of have fucking carried a torch for this group to be better than 
they were being maybe than they thought they could be for so long. And I remember in preseason, all the optimism, you know, a lot of fans just hoping we'd be better and saying we'd be playing better footy. And, and realistically, for a long time into the season, we simply weren't. Like, we'd gone backwards. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing was stop talking, stop promising to be better, stop promising you'll get it right, show us. Like, mm-hmm. show me, Fab. Like, we as fans, like I said, have carried the torch for this footy club for an awfully long time. Give me something I can believe in. Show me that you can do it. Mm. Then do it again and do it again and do it again. Like, I don't know about you. I stood up and paced around the couch in the last minute or so. Nope. I was clearly nervous. I was clearly anxious given what was on the line and we'd come back from 40 points down and we're in the fight. But I thought to myself, I believe you can hold on here. Go, oh, fuck, I believe you can do it. Whereas last year against Melbourne or the run against Brisbane late in the game, it was all just, nah, it's probably not going to go. Nah. And the Collingwood thing... Especially I'm, the Brisbane. The Brisbane one was such a false sense of... Did you hear that? I did. That was a... Uh, Hopefully a bit of, not a bit of reflex coming up that salami. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the game at mum and dad's. I don't remember. Dad was probably went out to get a kebab or something. Um... And mum was like, you know, I was just, you know, he's sitting there defeated. Mum goes, but we can kick the next eight goals or something and we're back in it. I'm You're like, not helping, woman. And all of a sudden, it gets Brisbane, we kick seven in a row or something. And mum just kept going, see, see, which is making me more and more. <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> My mum, God love her, she cheers behinds. And it irritates. You can win by behind. Sean, that's her explanation. That could be the point. Although Timbo says that a lot. He says that a lot. He says that But my mum's like, oh, it's, it's all right. Just, just another point. Just another point. Another point. Mum. The only time I ever think that is, and I have, the, I have this weird mindset in during a close game, like if you're a goal up, if you're six points up or 12 points gets you up. Gets to the next. Gets you the next score. Yeah. And I'm sort of like, you'd clearly prefer a goal. Yeah. If you're six points up, you'd clearly prefer to be 12. But you're like, seven actually doesn't change. Mm. Like yesterday, we got that two goals up, but. It was 11 points. Yeah, we'll, like we'll if you, I, I, of it, I, just, like, I said to Dad, I go, a draw is good enough. Yeah. Go Even if we go, we get a point, whatever. But if we're 12 points up, I'm like, get another one, and I'm 50% more comfortable. The 11 points had me comfortable. I thought, we, will, we may concede a goal. We, I don't think we'll concede two. We did, almost immediately. Um, yeah, that was, that was the one issue with it, is it happened too quick. I thought if we could just, out of stoppage, create... A secondary stoppage, and rather than have it flow on, I thought we'll hang on here. So I thought, as I said, pacing around the room, and the siren goes, um, or just before the siren goes. Sorry, I thought last year is last year, yep. and the failures of last year and the, the shortcomings of last year—they're the past. They're not this group. No, we've seen it not be this group. It's more of an issue for the supporters, like a PTSD. Have you have you watched how much of Gary Neville's stuff for the overlap? Have you watched? Not a lot. I've watched if, the live one. If if no one's what Gary Neville does a ch- has a channel on YouTube where he does interviews with footy players or different sports. I've people. seen the Keen one where he walks through the park with he, his dog. Perfect, and he has so many. There's so many excellent ones. There really are. But he has this part of the show where he is I talking about. See, I didn't think Gary would have this in him. He's, he's, a, he's, he's brilliant. Good, like really good interview. No, he's brilliant. And the overlap. I remember talking to someone who now works for Jam TV, um, and they do a bit of stuff with Seven and the VFL. Do and you whatnot. know what it is? Sorry. He's not a superstar, and he's not one of those names where you go, like, there's this – he's not revered, but 
he's achieved absolutely everything in no, the game. No, you don't see him like there's there's too much there's a um there's too much between the audience and a I'm gonna go right to the fucking top. There's too much between an audience and Messi. Yeah. To ever think I'll watch a thing of him having a conversation with someone walking. There's some surreal, ethereal him and Ronaldo and all those other guys. Mm. There's just something too big about them. But Gary Neville has this part of the overlap, which is excellent. Do yourself a favor if you haven't seen it. It's legitimately one of the best things in sports media. More football-centric and European-centric, clearly, but fantastic chats, really well put together. And they're just on YouTube. Um, Where he says, failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. And it comes from a saying that someone told him after he went and managed Valencia and he failed, he got the sack. But he said, failure is a bruise, it's not a tattoo. And it's actually this, when you sort of, it's a bit wankery, but when you think about it, you're like, no, it's actually fucking spot on. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. You're disappointed that something hasn't worked out and the job hasn't gone the way you want it to or this result hasn't gone the way you want it to. And maybe you had a part to play. Maybe it was bad luck. Well, you don't live with it forever. You've got an opportunity to, what are you going to do about it? when you got the next opportunity. So wins of substance, performance of substance, showing heart. These aren't one-offs for this group anymore. No. These aren't... And in a, in, in a weird way, winning the way we have against St Kilda, against Melbourne, against Gold Coast, is probably better than continue to hum as we were without adversity, just... just Winning, winning, winning. Without having to fucking dig even, in. Even the players said it, you know, against the Saints, we were behind. Mm. Never in this run had we been behind or really challenged. In the last three weeks, we have been. And it's that building a bit of – that's that scar tissue, but it's building a bit of residual, some resilience, this idea of we're up against it, we're under the pump. Okay, we've got to dig our way out. We've got to find our way out. We've got to find a way to win. You're not going to have it all your own way. No. And Carlton teams of yesteryear would shut up shop. Yeah. It'd just be a bit too hard and we just – we spoke about it last especially, week. Especially yesterday. It was the – that was a shit start. Yeah, you had them. You had them. You came back. You showed you had them. You lost by a goal. Oh, if we fix the start. Yeah. You, you fix the, if, you, if you don't give them a 48-point head start, yeah, you're right. We fix the start, we win the game. Yeah. Whereas, and, that's, that, and people would have gone, oh, look, but we – Oh, we came back and we did, geez, it was a good effort, but there's no excuses anymore, which is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. But these ice packs aren't going well for you. What's going on with them? No, nah, I found if you just stick your finger in the water, oh. it will. I'm just going to try and move forward to. Is that helping you out a bit? The, yeah. Um, well, without, without the thumb in the water, like, I'm needing, like, morphine. That's not good. So. Did we explain why you burnt your hand on the bonfire of your legal, sensitive legal documents that you were destroying? So you could I was, avoid I was the clink. Using, yeah, I was using the the prod, and then there was something on the end of the prod, and I just went to take it off with my hand, my mm. finger, without thinking. Oh, this has been in the fire for a while. You know what the funny thing about that is? That's the sort of thing that if one of the boys did it, you'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with yeah, you?" It's just it's it's a you're a grown man. It's a brain fart. Um, so Three you, points in it. The Bulldogs are up. So to use a uh, Parkoism, Fab, I mean, what's really pleasing about the last little bit, the nine-week run's great. The last five of them have been fantastic. We've seen this group's bona fides. Yep. You know, th- this this is now a team that has shown us what they can do, that they can do it again, that they can be relied upon to fight something, you know, to fight something out. They can be relied upon to adjust. This is a team which has finally looks like it's woken up to what it can be if it believes. Yep. 
if it believes, this is the team we can be. Yeah. And that belief is growing with every – people say, oh, it's the wins that, that – no, it's, it's the adversity in the wins that yield the belief. And, you know, in the last – especially in the last three weeks, in the Collingwood game as well, there's been that adversity. The initial four or five wins start to build belief and confidence. But we don't we didn't really. But let's be honest, they were they were soft kills. Yeah, right. They were soft kills. But then again, you know, everyone has a soft kill here or there. It's, you know, just if we would have come earlier, maybe we we wouldn't have gone through a larger slump. But regardless, it's all played a part in the. Well, the Resurg- first the first goal. Can, Coast- can you hear her? I can hear Cookie whimpering. I think she just wants to be a part of the pod. Maybe she's channeling the spirit of Tim Davis. Well, Sean, and he'll you know, start talking about like Toby Green or something. You're like, what? <laughs> what did he do last week? He did that about something last week. We were talking about talking about something, and then he started to give an appraisal of Daniel Rich's career. And I was like, what are we? What is, he doesn't get back in this side. Tim Daniel Davis, Rich. no, Daniel Rich. <laughs> Tim Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, <laughs> oh, Timbo! Of course, you're back. We're back, back, straight back in, Tim. Salt, um, salt and vinegar. Oh, yum! I'm a, I, I haven't had salt and vinegar chips for a while. I do like them. You know what? I haven't had for ages. Tag light this episode. And, light and tangy. ASMR. <laughs> Why? Because people are just going to hear me crunching on stuff, and they're going to. It's going to honestly. Some people. We, we discussed this. You talk about the microphone again. Yeah. Some people. They get this, their rocks off on this shit. Are you chewing? Mate, there's, we had this discussion at work. Pete and I could record ourselves writing reports and there'd be someone getting their rocks off. There'd be some niche weirdo out there. Yeah, so like we always thought, we'd just start an over. They'd be, they'd, no, but they'd be like, tell me what you're using. Are you using Excel? Is that, is that a 2B? Is what are you a, doing? What are you doing with that formula? I'm using a VLOOKUP. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> So we were thinking, like, you just start an OnlyFans. There's, there's what of just doing menial office work. Yeah, there's, and then like once a month I'll do it in the nud, right? And then in seven billion people on the planet, there will be a freak out there who's willing to pay make me rich. There'd be someone out there willing to pay you good money. The woman in the UK jarred her farts. We spoke about this. So she had some. Um, she ate too much beef with black bean or something, didn't she? Yeah, she no, she, too had, much she, of a she had too many too many kidney beans or something. She and, actually uh, needed to be surgically like operated on to release the pressure. Yeah. That's weird. That one's really weird. Like opening the f- the jar up and being like having a whiff of a stale fart. Some weird people in the world. Fucking weirdos out there, man. Um, what were we talking about? Well, you threatened to open an OnlyFans. I'll do it. Well, I mean, make some of those. Some of those they're making good money. I'm saying you don't have to. Yeah, some people are just weird. They're making good money on that. Um, my next heading is uh, mentality monsters, and the thing that you realise as you get older, or the more time you spend in any particular environment, is things don't just happen. No, you have to make them happen. Things don't just happen. It's something you might want to happen or hope might happen. It doesn't just happen because you sit there thinking that'd be really good, Fab. If you know. Like, you don't just get a promotion by turning up to work every day. No. No. Unless you work for council. Unless you, yeah. There's, Unless there's, you work for council. Sean, you've been here for 12 years. You're now level eight and you're going to get an extra $5,000 a year. Like, what the fuck? 
you haven't done. You've not improved yourself professionally. You haven't improved the council. You haven't improved the council. You've the, done the, nothing. You, you should be on the same pay packet. Fab, you can make an argument that that actually worsened the municipality. Absolutely. The bins. The bins situation. We've been over this. I had to look up this today. What bin? When does my purple bin go out? I don't know. It goes out once every four weeks. What goes in the purple bin? Glass. Are we consuming that much glass? You know that it needs its own. You know bin? what I love? It's the. Uh, they tell us you can't have broken glass in your purple bin. Now, what, what happens thinking, when it gets dumped into the fucking truck? Oh no, Sean, they survive. Oh. I don't know. It's just these people. These bureaucrats. Is that like when the fucking same rubbish, the same truck collects both the recycle and normal bins? Yeah. Yeah. And you're thinking, why am I separating these? Yeah. Morons. Fab was going to, this might, you might have told this on pod. You said some time ago that you were going to run for local council, the Whittlesea Council, and you're going to run on one platform. Big bins. Big bins. Mm. I like big bins and I cannot lie. <laughs> that, that was going to be the slogan of you. You know what it should be? You crouching in front of two big bins so it looks like boobs. They. They, oh, that slap is unbelievable. They keep telling us what they're going to do with the environment and what they're going to do with this. And what, You're a local council. I pay my rates and all I really see out of it is that you come along every week and take my rubbish. You know what would win you the election as well? So what is a council, realistically? Yep. They're, they're gardeners and they collect rubbish. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. Fab would, you know, you would be, you would rule... Over the Whittlesea municipality, like fucking, and they approve development. But you stuff. would, no, but this is, you would rule over the Whittlesea municipality by streamlining council operations to be like a skeleton staff, yeah. and the trade-off for the local community would be your rates are going to be fucking nothing. Yeah, it's going to we're going to have a staff of like six people, and you know, we're going to have people obviously collecting the bins as they do. Going, but the staff actually at the council is going to be legitimately fucking nobody. Yeah. And, well, and the trade-off well, you for don't, you, you don't need anyone in customer service because if you'd ring them, they don't answer, they the, don't phone answer anyway. the phone anyway. So just go and run it like a third-world dictatorship, but benevolently. Yep. And your your whole cat, your whole principle would be bigger bins. Yep. And I'm going to streamline council operations, and that'll make your rates. Can like I get it. controversial? Please. I'm bringing back the Australia Day fireworks. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Christ Almighty! Maybe wait for your second term once you've got them on the hook. To go for stuff like that. Eagles up by three points. But what, so, so what were your what were your rates this past two thousand dollars? Okay, just under well, okay. one eight something. If you streamline council operations, yep, and you said we're going to pick your bins up more regularly, we're going to we're going to have a recycle. It's bin. not so much more regularly. We're just going to give you a bigger, bigger bin. Oh, that's fine. We're gonna, we'll have a recycle bin and a normal bin. Hmm. And we're going to pick them up, you know, fortnightly. And guess whatever. what? I, you know, guess what else I'm going to tell people? If you recycle, guess what I'm going to do with it? I'm actually going to do something with it. What are you going to do with it? Not into landfill. We're going to try and figure it out. Going to build a like? What are you going to do? Like build a man-made park or something out of it? No, we'll do something. Figure that out later. But this is the point. If you said to him, "So your rates last year were nineteen hundred and fifty-six dollars." Yeah. Under the new Guadagnolo regime, Whew, your rates good, but your rates will be a thousand bucks. Yep. I like it. You would sweep to power. Honestly. Co- sh- COVID thwarted my. <laughs> My uh, your ambitions, my, my ambitions for for mayor, but um, but you've actually and, and Whittlesea don't have a great history when it comes to you know the leadership, don't they? The corrupt the corruption in Whittlesea Council. Well, I'm not aware of this. Outrageous, outrageous, outrageous. Would the corruption? Oh, mate, Simon Overland was involved. Some he was CEO 
Would the corruption remain with you in charge? Yeah, but different type of corruption. A good corruption. Yeah. Yeah, the, the type of corruption that builds a city. You pay for... Like Al Capone type corruption. You pay for protection. That racket would be back. <laughs> you know what I'd love to? Like, so you get into power, there'd be a job for me, there'd be a job for Pete Molinas. Yeah. There'd be a job for Tim if he wanted it. Yep. And, like, you know, we'd just cruise around making real good coin, just doing real basic shit. The... Running the council on the smell of an oily rag. It's Honestly, they overestimate their significance. 100%. There's too many levels of government. Mm. They, they actually, you know what they I'm are? Gonna, you know what you do? Yeah, they you, are. But they, this, is, this is in everything. You actually have the background too yeah. with your traffic planning for like permissions and shit as well. Yeah. Well, with that, there's 85,000 different departments. Look at Vicro. We deal with Vicro. Too many. Department of Transport, the uh, Department for Transport and Planning. Mm-hmm. All they do is basically change their name and their logo every six months. Don't pay 80 people a shit wage. No. Pay two people a very good wage. People who are competent, overly qualified, who just go, yep, no, yep. Absolutely. Who can, with authority, give a ruling. You know what I hate, Sean, when you ring up someone and they have to ask somebody else. Okay, who don't know why? Why did you take my phone call? Just let me ring them. What's their number? I don't want to be funneled through eight different channels. You would genuinely, on a platform of bigger bins... Low, like more streamlined government, yep. lower rates. I'd have Len Jet. He'd, he'd vote me in. I don't know. I think you've got a few people out here that would vote you in. Are you just assuming because Carlton and Bob's No, I think you've got a few. Oh, we're actually very popular in the Mill Park area. I know that for sure. Well, there you go. Um, Is that from the statistics we get from the... Uh... No, that was when I worked at the club. I remember thinking, fuck, we've got a lot of members out in Mill Park because people would ring up or they'd renew or something. Yeah. And you just go, oh, can you clarify your details for me? And, like, it, it happens so often you take a notice of it. You're like, fucking a lot of people in Mill Park. Because where, where does Whittlesea Boundary, where do they extend to? Well, Thomastown, and then goes north to, surprise, surprise, Whittlesea. <laughs> no, that is a surprise. Who would have thought? Um, That's it, like the Warrandyte state election. Like, the seat of Warrandyte takes in, like, Doncaster East yeah. and stuff. You're like, they aren't really the same. The the area, the geographical area, it's massive, but and obviously the population's growing, growing. So that's why people who live around here, like state and federal, like electorates, mine's changed like three or four times because it might change again. Each electorate has to have a, like a similar amount of numbers. You yeah. can't get, it can't be a vote essentially, and you're representing ten people and mm. other people representing hundred thousand people get the same. Your vote is the same, essentially. They're, they're so. redoing that again soon. So as the population north grows, I'll be detached from them. What's your What's your federal electorate here? Starts with M. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten what it's called now. It was McKinnon. It was McKinnon. I think I've gone back to Scullin. Yeah, okay. I think I've gone back to Scullin. Okay. So anyway, back to our chat about mentality. Sorry. <laughs> Look, look forward to hey, some of Fab's... People, people, look, this is loose. Look forward to some of Fab's political correspondence coming to a, you know, a, a, a footpath and a front garden, you know, A-frame near you. Squatting YOLO for change. Fire out. <laughs> Three pillars. The company waste. You know what else I'd lobby for? And then we'll get back to the footy. Excuse me, salami, unbelievable. The state government and federal government hand out funding... To local councils. So, round numbers. 
I give you a million dollars for roads this year. So you're the shire of Sean. You go, we need $3 million to upgrade this critical intersection. So I'm going to bank that million. The next year in the budget, I go, Sean, you didn't spend that million dollars I gave you. I'm going to give you 250000 You're like, no, I saved it because I want to... No, it doesn't work that way. So you use that funding. Like my in-law's street has been resurfaced about eight times since I've known Kelly. So in 20, whatever, five years, it's been resurfaced about eight times. Is that a lot? The fuck, mate? There's other roads that haven't been resurfaced ever. It's a back street, Sean. Why is it getting, why is it getting looked after? I don't know. It's just, it's just they, they burn money on stupid shit. Fab, your, your pillars of governance, streamlined government and administration, yeah? Mm-hmm. Lower rates as a result. And bigger bins, bigger bins. You'd win. It's not honestly. I don't reckon it's that hard. You would. You would shit it in. Look, this might not be accurate, but it's not a hundred million miles away from it. Look up Whittlesea Council. I reckon either the mayor or a CEO or an employee was caught jerking off under a tree about within the last ten years. Why not? I don't know how we got caught. Were they doing like a mental jerk? Uh, no, no, no. This is. Or were they looking at some out at some material? I, I think they may have been gazing. Oh, they were looking at, at something like yeah. through a window. I, I don't remember. And he got caught under a tree. That's all I remember. Look it up. What would you say if that was me? I work for the Whittlesea Council. I'm one of you. I'm you know, um, Bob the Goon. You know, Sean. You're my number one guy. <laughs> what would you be saying if I come back to the office and I'm like, look, I got some bad news for you. I I don't know if you've seen Sons of Anarchy. But there's a guy who has a nervous tick and he jerks himself off. Mm. They basically remove his ability to do so. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, that'd be you. you I'd still have you. You wouldn't just let me go? No, I'd chop your hand off. Oh, yeah. not better than chopping the other thing off. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. Um, oh, look at the audience we've got. Look at the audience. Oh, it's a small human being. Hello. <laughs> Kelly's – oh, no, it's the other one. I thought it was Kelly was winding them up. Um Mentality monsters, you know, we're talking about the things that, you know, when you, things don't just happen for you. No. But you don't win the game just by showing up. And you certainly don't win the game by giving up. 40 points down early in the second quarter. We were 13 points down twice in the last quarter. The Carlton of the last 20 years does not dig that result out. No. They just don't. They and just pe- don't and do pe- it. people will go, oh, 20 years, that's a long time. There is no evidence. There's no evidence. Of it. They just don't do it. They just can't find a way to do it. And they, they'd be try. I think they. I think a lot of those teams would be mm. trying to do it. Yeah. But they just don't do it, for whatever the reason might be. They just don't. Whether they. How, how many times have we spoken in the past? Remove about, remove the two games, the Port Adelaide and Tigers games, which were in successive weeks in 2013. Mm. The, the that fight has never really been there. See, we, we spoke about at times on the podcast in the last couple of years where we'd be well and truly in a game at three-quarter time. And I, I vividly remember saying this on records. Do we leave the three-quarter time huddle thinking we're going to win the game? Yep. Do we leave the huddle thinking, yeah, we're going to win this. Yep. We're going to win this. And not hoping we're going to win. And it's thinking we might win. No, no. We're going to win the game. And we're not here to do a podcast Shits on other clubs, although we'll take every opportunity to do so with Collingwood. If they come up organically, we'll take them. It's the same way that their belief of we can overrun every team is slowly getting reduced. But you take which f- every single week for the past, I don't know, month, 
At three-quarter time, they've been down and haven't pegged it back. Well, it's just it, – it's that um... – What also, you know, breeds belief, can also breed doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So – Well, you go through this is how it's going to play out and that's the way it plays out and it reinforces your belief. And, and, and... that and that that breeding of doubt was so evident in that eight-week stretch when we were so poor mm. that we do something and it wouldn't come off or – our skills, like just a just a small element of our skills, were so poor that it just got. You just worried about that fire that's just kind of simmering. No, no, I just out of the corner of my eye, I just saw the smoke coming out. I just remembered you. I just have this. I just really hope that you were burning stuff that's incriminating. And no, there's nothing really. I don't have any documentation that's incriminating. You were needing to shred, you know, like but, big big pussy when he was when he heard the indictments were coming. He just started. I don't know why they keep so many records of shit. Yeah, just get rid of them. Yeah. It's that classic, like the Melbourne Storm had the two sets of books. Don't need them. You don't need two sets. What are you talking about? Have the fake set of books. It's here. It's, here. it's in your head. Have the fake set of books. What are you going to do? You're going to go and dob me in and the, dob yourself in? The only thing that's going to happen with the real set of books is what happened. Shout out to P- uh, Fraser Brown. You. Who, when the AFL came knocking on his door, he said, well, you're not the fucking ATO. No fuck Because I don't have to answer anything. Yeah. And then they knocked on Sauce's door and... I think, unfortunately, they blackmailed Sauce. He, he walked them in and made him a coffee. Probably gave him some salami. Oh, if, they gave, if, it, if he gave him salami that is this good... They would have lost, forgotten why they were there. Here left. he goes. I'll give you a story. This salami is... I rate this is the best salami going around. This is the Tocasio family salami. That's a big call. You fucking said earlier you made illusions that you produced this I never salami did it. earlier. I, Kelly, I sliced it. I asked if you'd if this was no. yours, and you didn't say no. no. Simon's was... one, which I'll count as a family one because it's Simon's. That's in the fridge, but um, now this is this is the top of the pops Torcasio family salami. You know, you know, and listener of the pod, who? Uh, probably not related. Very popular surname. However. The person who, well, it's not really, he, he doesn't specifically, mate. It's more his sisters. But the Tocasio connection to the pod is he is responsible for the, come on, the gangers, the gangers. Is and he? The, that, that's one and the same. <laughs> that's one of the greats. So he's uh, very bad at singing the North Melbourne theme song, but producing a very, very good Calabrese Salami. Oh, I like it. So... We spoke last week, Tim and I, not here today. I'll get the mic down in my face again. That's a very good start. See, if I did that, you'd be, oh, Fabian's fumbling all over himself. As you take a big crunchy fucking chew of something. Beautiful. ASMR. Um, so we spoke last week, Tim and I, about us being a no-excuses football club at the moment. Mm-hmm. So this is a calm that finds a way, which buys in individually and collectively, and it's absolutely beautiful to see. And better again... The importance of the result yesterday, given the Saints and the Swans both won, yep. is, well, th- those weren't results that went our way as such, but given the Saints and the Swans both won, well, we took care of business earlier in the day. Yeah. We just did our job and we weren't relying, we weren't needing someone else to do the job for us. We weren't needing someone else to do us a favour because we didn't, they got the job done. Like, there's an enormous amount of credit there. The great United teams, and you'd appreciate this, but the great United teams in those great runs and those great – they just found a way to win. Yeah. And it wasn't the same people every week. Yeah. 
I remember one day... And City um, are doing it now. They are, but I remember one year, I reckon Nem- uh, Nemanja Vidic popped up and scored a late winner at Old Trafford that salvaged a win. Header. And it was just like, didn't fucking expect that. Park Ji-sung scored a great goal late in the game to win us a, a, a Wolves, maybe. You know, uh, obviously, uh, Federico Makeda had that moment where he just pops up and scores a legendary goal. Was that Villa? Villa. But the team collectively had a spirit that this Carlton team is having at the moment, this spirit that you mentioned Collingwood have had it when they've pulled the close games mm-hmm. out, this spirit of not me, not I, we will get the job done. Mm-hmm. We collectively will find a way to get the job done. And if you look at the reactions at the final siren, so mm-hmm. last week everyone's oh, did you see Cripps? But this week, did you see Charlie? Did mm-hmm. you see Saar? Did you see... There seems to be a collective buy-in, which is just so heartening for our supporters because we're like, we know what we emotionally invest into this football club, but to see the people who ultimately have the control of all of our destinies have that emotional buy-in too. It's, it's, they hear the noise. Yeah. They've always heard the noise. They hear the noise. And you know what else they hear? They hear the noise. And I'll give an early chicken salad. I'll go early on the chicken salad. Ooh. Big chicken salad for the crowd. Yeah, there's was, was a, a lot of people up there. But And that's where the Gold Coast bread and butter is, the travelling fans escaping the winter cold and yep. getting up for a week or a weekend away and doing the theme parks on the beaches and watching their team play. Um, so they're always going to have – they're never going to have a true home crowd. No. Because their club is built around tourists coming in for the weekend. But um, the Carlton crowd, when you watch the replay of the highlights, or you listen back to the sting we had at the top of the show, the Carlton crowd was fucking just brilliant. Yeah. And when, cheering. When, when those, and, and, and two in that, in that crucial second quarter and the last quarter, just the way it played out, attacking what looked like the mass of the crowd. But the St Kilda game was an, an away game. Mm. And all Paddy Dangerfield kept mentioning in the – in the telecast was the Carlton crowd. Mm. The Carlton crowd. We've got it, mate. We've got it. So, look, in just closing on this, something we've spoken about at length has been the critical mass of injuries, and we got a few bodies back yesterday, Harry obviously being chief among them. So who came in for Fogg? Um, that is an excellent question. We'll get back to that. You just caught me on the hop. But some- I, just, I just started thinking about it now. Fogg didn't play. No, no, but... Something we've spoken about at length is that we've had the sort of excuses that old Carlton would have snatched at to explain away critical losses. Yep. We're down on manpower. We don't have A, B, and C, like you mentioned earlier. We were 40 points down. And we got it back to a couple of kicks. And, look, that's a good effort. It felt like that it has been feeling like that critical mass of injuries were going to catch up to us and what was it going to cost us. And the boys have just figured out a way to, to dig out another sensational result, which has been absolutely magnificent to behold. And... Um, it's a 90s banger fan. This is a genuine banger. Oh, no. Oh, it's another 90s banger. It's like Oh, we've been waiting for this one for a while. Taylor Hawkins on the drums. Dead. I know he's dead. <laughs> oh, Alanis. Jesus. I have the tendency to say things. To, you're going to say something crazy here, aren't no, you? No, no. I, I like to, they come off as outrageous statements. So you're I'm not going to say it's 
the best, but it is. You're going to talk about the album. Aren't it's you? one of the best albums. That urban hymns and all that. They're just they're a, they've got a place in the nineties of that album. That you, was such a good album. You're going to love this. You know what other albums very much in that conversation? Ten. Vitology versus you hate Pearl Jam, don't you? No, nah, I don't really like them. No, nah, um, Weezer Blue Album, fucking Ripper is that, Album. Is that got Buddy Holly on it? Buddy Holly. My name is Jonas. Blues are back, banger. Volume which one do I like? The light blue? Is that the? That's, uh, that's the blue. That's the one. Blue Album. No, no. Which one was the the remix one? I don't know what you're talking about. They've got a like a, a covers. Of, um, oh, where they do like um, yeah, Africa and stuff. No, they did Rosanna. Very good version. Well, they did a covers album. Mm. Loved but it. but the blue album's got like Undone and Buddy Holly and My Name Is Jonas and uh, Say It Ain't So and it's and you can clearly say that's their best. album. It's a fucking unbelievable nineties album. It's a like Blood like Sugar that. Sex Magic. Whilst the Chili Peppers about other good albums. That's the album. That's the album. Um, Alanis, of course, played God in Dogma. Yes, and uh, dated Ryan Reynolds there for a while. Looks a bit like Matthew Richardson. That's not really a compliment, is it? Is that a compliment for Richo or for her? Uh, neither. Ugh. Especially when Richo had the long hair. He had the bad ponytail there for a while, didn't he? Yeah. That's when he smashed into the fence. He did. Yeah. What a player when he started out. Is he <coughs> related to the Rawlings? Don't know. <clears throat> That's a weird question. I've got absolutely no idea. Uh, next segment I've got here is our reputation is what we make it. We've spoken again at length in the past about being what everyone thinks we are and only until we show them that we aren't. We won't be respected until we shed all the knocks, all the barbs, all the jokes, all the memes and all the low-hanging fruit for the ones that want to you know, hang shit but on you us. you need to shed them more than once. But you need to do it. Like Geelong. The handbags. All right. And, and, and Richmond were ninthmond and they were pathetic. But more recently, Geelong of that, Essendon, that team. And the, Essendon and the not winning the final and all that crap. Geelong, that team who, like even now people are going, oh, next year they can reload. No, they can't. Nope. But there'll be that narrative until, you know, you get the chance, okay, you're stuffed up this year. They've stuffed up in other years and yeah, they've got that one flag, but it's slowly, slowly eroding. And it's the same thing, our... our you know that stigma of, of of Carlton not really, you know, when when backs against the wall, not really. It's that's that's not gone. We're showing that we can. It's not gone. Push through it, but it's yeah. If you do it once, yeah. Oh gonna, yeah, gonna, whatever. Yeah, you have to basically get to the point. Like Richmond have gone from ninthman to that three, you know, that, that three premiership side type of thing. Like Nick Re, uh, Nick Rewalt, Jack Rewalt's and Cochin's careers now have ended, and it's like. Three-time Premiership players, and they've always no. You played in seventy percent of your career. were played in dog shit Richmond sides, but that's kind of overlooked. Hmm. You got the trophies in the cabinet. That's right. Sort of, yeah. So we'll be the punchline for as long as we're prepared to cop being the punchline, and you know, until we're prepared to do something about it. So, what was really pleasing now about having qualified for the eight, putting aside yesterday's performance and result, but having qualified for the eight. That's not the end of the story, but what we've done is we've taken the slights off the table, we've taken the barbs off the table, and that was part of this team growing up. It was developing a bit of a fuck you edge. It was developing a chip on the shoulder. You know, it was it was about sort of saying, are we the team everyone thinks and hopes we are, as in the opposition? They all hope we're shit. They all hope we're the easy beats. They all hope we're pushovers. Yeah. Or are we something a bit more substantial than that? 
And we weren't going to be that until you actually go out. Like we said, you don't just get given that reputation. You earn it. You earn it. So all the crap from opposition fans, you know, uh, we haven't made the finals and Cripps hasn't played in a final and we can't win away and we don't beat anyone above us and, you know, David King laughing at the suggestion of winning five in a row. Hmm. All of that stuff was real and justified until we sh- showed people that, well, no, you can shut up about that. Yeah. So all of that added up to be a millstone around our necks and now it's not, you know, we haven't won anything, but now the path forward is really, really clear and it feels melodramatic to say this fab but it feels like the team we have been has finally been killed yep the team that we were for 10 years easy beats don't show up inconsistent blah 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 blah. hopefully the the current team has just they've killed that that yeah it's over and that doesn't mean we have to go on and win the flag although we will well um but we need to take this into next season as well. Hmm. We can't give people that opportunity to go, ah, false dawn. No. We're here. Well, we've been building to get into this window. I said on the Blue Abroad thing, I think I said Ever since him. the Sylvani Ever since blew, Sylvani up, the joint, blew yeah, up the joint. I, I totally agree. We've been waiting for this. But that's this. why we blew up the joint. It was to build this. We've been waiting, not for to win nine games in a row. It was to be fucking a good team. Yeah. And we've been waiting since... And the- that's why it was so frustrating, that eight-week stretch. Because we were playing... Not, oh, yeah, we'll lose. No, we we're playing so, so poorly. bad. We played so poorly in the wins. Yeah. That it's like, no. It's not like, oh, no, oh, we're here. It's like, no, we're better than this. We need there's to a be- difference. There's a difference. Like, we as Carlton supporters have been able to... Whilst it hurt us, we've been able to concede we're shit. Yeah. Well, that's not good enough. Oh, yeah, no, but we're no, no, we're no better than that. But no, we, we we knew the capability of this playing group. They were always better than that. Yeah, 100%. And why they were that bad was the mystery mm. because we've seen an undermanned, under-resourced team go on this great run and put ourselves in a bit of a – in the mix, which is just unbelievable. So moving on, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. Oh, but you are putting a marker. I was just waiting for something to play through no, no, my putting, ears. No, I'm putting a, putting a marker there yeah. so when I go back later it's easier. What used to happen and what happened this time. So an early chicken shit was obviously what used to happen was, well, the first quarter and a bit, no, clearly terrible. It looked yeah. like we'd given every other fan base and every other supporter in the game an early Christmas present and that was us collapsing. Yeah. And they're going to do it again. They're going to choke again. It's going to go down to the last game. They're going to need to win, blah, 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 blah. I was so annoyed that we'd rewarded and given credence to that. Said it on Twitter. The same rah-rah that every single Gold Coast Suns coach will have told every single Gold Coast yeah. team. And if you're Michael Voss or you're his coaches or you're a line coach, you'd be saying, boys, you know what they're going to be saying in the other change room? The same shit that Guy McKenna said, that Stewie Jew said, that Rodney Eade said. Stephen King's going to be saying the same shit that every Gold Coast mm. team has ever heard and it's fucking bullshit. Yep. You know, they're up here for a holiday they are, oh, the sun, it's too hot. They won't be able to handle it. It was 21 heat. degrees, but, but yeah, it would have been a thing. The sun's out. The yeah. sun's out. They won't like they'll, they'll tire in the sun. You know, they think they're just going to bank the four points. They think that they've been allowed to be that team, the underdog, the scrappier, for however long, and it hasn't got them anywhere, but that's what they want to be. And we, we emboldened all that fucking rhetoric, that tired, played-out narrative that they want to play into every single week. And I was so incredibly frustrated that I think it's their last home game in a year. 
So again, Be- um, Bevo needs to be sacked. The Eagles have beaten the Bulldogs. Jesus, can you? What does that do for the ladder? Well, are the Bulldogs out? No, because so the Giants are on forty-eight. Yeah. So Sydney are locked in. So the, it's the Giants. The Giants have a percentage of one hundred and five, and the Bulldogs have a percentage of one hundred and seven. So this, the Bulldogs have a better percentage, but they've got to play Geelong. So the Giants, are, oh, the Bulldogs play Geelong. Yeah, at Cadinia Park. But yeah. Jeremy Cameron's going in for surgery. He won't be playing. Yeah, they, I mean, this is. I mean, yeah, they can win that, but it puts the it puts the Giants in our position last year. They'll know exactly what they need to do. Yeah, and given the margin, the percentage, they'll need to win. Yeah. So, so St Kilda are going up to Brisbane. So that's a loss. They won't move. What's and, their percentage? Uh, their percentage is 108, but they're on 52 points. So they're, they're safe. So is Sydney. Sydney are on 50. They're safe. But Sydney have got – oh, Sydney got next week. Melbourne. Over I there. I think it's up there. Yeah, yeah. Right, but Melbourne need that win. So essentially I don't see the eight. Because we could jump them if they lose today. If they lose today, we could jump them, yes, because they're – yeah, they're two points. That's right, yeah. So they and need they to, are they currently to losing to Hawthorne. We could – they need to win, yeah. If they lose, if we finish top four, <laughs> the qualifying final against the Magpies. We're jumping ahead. I still think Melbourne That's will get funny. the job yeah, done. Yeah, no, absolutely. But well, Melbourne only needs to you, win one of the last two. It's it would be the 2013. I know people go, "Oh, you finished ninth or whatever." Yes, I understand. We weren't great that year, but the 2013 elimination final is one of the biggest finals that has been played in the last 20 years. Hmm. And anyone who's there, you ask the Richmond supporters, they've won three premierships. They've been through prelims. And even against Collingwood, they, had a pre- they say that 2013 uh, elimination final, was it was the loudest game they've ever been at. It was unbelievable. Because they hadn't done anything for forever. Yeah. And we had scraped in some. It was just, it was huge. If, if. If the world's, the you know, the stars align, and we play Collingwood in a qualifying final. I'd probably have a heart attack. I'll leave the country. I, can't, I wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> um, what we were talking about just with the Sun stuff, I suppose, was the, the kind of old school footy pump-ups. Last game of the year, like I said, they're up free for a holiday. They want to play party poopers because they want to ruin our, you know, piss on our sandwiches mm. and, you know, put us in the shit. But also, we just weren't ready for it. As it was well. so frustrating. Because, Fab, if we had to come out switched on, they've got 10 minutes in them. Even though they've they sacked a coach this year, it's still. I think that win would have been like one of the, made it one of their best seasons. Yeah, I think, I think they're one win away from maybe their best season. So, it's, you know what I mean? So, they're trying to. They're not as bad as a coach sacking season would suggest. We'll talk about this off pod because I had a conversation which I told you about a okay, week, yeah, a week yeah, and a I bit know. ago, yep. which was quite extraordinary. Um, but uh, remind me, it was a f- unbelievable not to not, not to be that dickhead on this like. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'll I'll tell you off pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not you dickhead. can't betray certain conferences. Um, but what was really frustrating is if we had to just met them and match them in that first little bit, I reckon they had ten minutes in them. Yeah. And, and, then, and it showed, and they and said sort it, of go, oh. and when I went through the, we're going through the text whilst we were roasting Timbo earlier, one of the commentators said, oh, oh, Gold Coast have dropped off. And I said to you guys, I said, they were going at 200%. And 
And yeah, we were off. We so were at twenty percent. But they were going at Josh DeLuca. They were jo- they're a team and, of Josh DeLuca. Josh DeLuca went that hard that he cost himself a career. He gave everything he gave. His hamstrings just couldn't handle it. Right. So um very nice guy. And we used to see United teams and yeah, teams used to come to Old Trafford and like the first twenty minutes we'd be on the back foot and you and I would just text each other going, It'll stop. You, they can't do they can't this. They can't it. sustain this. As up and down as United have been in the last however long, a trip to Old Trafford for your Brentfords and your It's the biggest and thing. your Lutons and the like is the mm. biggest away yeah. gets the biggest trip of the year. Yeah. Going to Old Trafford well, and playing to Manchester United. Will Wills used to live in the UK and he's like even in London, he goes, you'd have all your derbies. He goes, but when United came to town, it was still the biggest game of the year. So, um, but it's it's the, you know, what analogy was I drawing there? I don't know. I was so incredibly... <laughs> um, I was so no, no, the, the, the Gold Coast going at 200% and they never had the actual, you know, the pressure... It's a pressure thing. index. But I, like- I actually don't know what the pressure index... I, I think it's all made up, but you could tell... And, you know, the commentators keep saying ad nauseum, oh, I'd call for a head count. Yeah, because they were at every single contest. They were outnumbering by two or three at every contest. You're not doing that for four quarters of football. You can't. So, and that's why I'm, I, at the start I'm looking at it going, if we go in a quarter time 20 points down, we, we'll be right. When they, when they, you know, kick their eighth or something and they were all seventh to get to 48 points, I'm thinking, okay, it's, 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 a, lot, stations. it's a lot now, but – that will be. I didn't expect to get back in the game in a quarter. But look, credit to the Suns because their positivity early. They were by far the better team. They were ready to go. Broke tackles. They ran hard into space. They worked harder. They yeah, that's right. Give them credit. That work rate was off the it charts. Was fantastic. Yeah. But first of uh, seven was it seven goals in the first half they kicked. I think five of them were turnovers. Yeah. Five of them were from pretty ordinary, sloppy... What do they call them? A lay-down... Mazaire. Is that from like 500? They were easy goals. Yeah. And as soon as we took a little bit more pride in possession, as soon as we, to use a cricket term, as soon as we valued our wicket... Yep. If you've got the ball, everyone on the field wants the ball, you have to look after it. It's like the soccer. You, You spoke about the Matildas the other day. And when we finally played some really good teams, the golfing quality was ball retention. Essentially, Australia are... Severely lacking. Ball, someone who can hold the ball. Yeah. Don't give it up. Don't turn it over. Allow you to build territory. Allow mm-hmm. you to hold possession, which controls the game. We just don't have anyone who can do that. So everything we do is helter-skelter a million miles an hour. Yeah. And for Carlton, it was a bit the same. The way we played the first quarter in a bit, we had no control. We couldn't control the tempo of the game because we couldn't control the ball. We couldn't just take the sting out of it. Yep. And just go, all right, we're going to fucking slow this right down. Um, I haven't had a wrestling one for a while. Kevin Nash told a great story about how he and Shawn Michaels were like good mates and they were in the world title picture at the same time, but only one of them can be the face of the company, mm. obviously. And Shawn Michaels is unbelievably athletic, energetic guy. Kevin Nash, just the big seven-footer. Yep. And he goes, so we got him. Big the sexy. Re- big sexy, big, big diesel, uh, you know as he was known, uh, big sexy Kevin Nash. But anyway, they're in the ring and he goes, you know, Sean was just trying to blow me up. He goes, he's jumping around and running the ropes and he's trying to blow me up to make me look bad. And he goes, like, they're best mates. Yeah. But he goes, it's dog eat dog. Only one of us can be champion. Yeah. But he goes, he's trying to blow me up to make me look shit house. He goes, so I remember the match slowed down. He goes, and I got him in like a headlock and we went down to the mat. And he, he just he just went, 
He goes, how about we just take a breather? How about we just... He goes, I just leant on him. He goes, seven foot, fucking 400 pounds. But it was that, I'm just going to lean on you now for a bit. And I'm going to take any oxygen out of this. I'm going to take the pace out of this. And we're going to operate at my speed for five minutes. Yep. We just couldn't do it. Not at all. And that's a credit to the Suns. Do, the way do, you, know, do, do you know what the catalyst for that was? Quarter time, thank God. The only, the only thing that was stopping that was a quarter time break, a reset. I was actually surprised Vossi was relatively measured at the uh, at the interchange. But um, we needed a circuit breaker because on field we weren't we weren't able to do it. We weren't able to just slow things down. We're always looking for that one goal. Fight fire with fire. We'll get that one goal and things mm-hmm. will start to change. And even at the start of the second, it was like that we still had that mentality. I think what I like too is that while Charlie was obviously the, the standout, unbelievable, but what we got from Paddy Dow, TDK, George Hewitt, Jacob Wiedering, Jack Martin, Jesse Motlop, Matty Cottrell hadn't had a nice moment or two. You know, Ollie Holland's had a nice moment or two. Charlie's the standout and he'll get the plaudits. Yep. But the breadth of contributions to turn the wheel was across every line. Absolutely. It wasn't just him. It wasn't just get the ball up to Sam Kerr and hope to fucking God she can score a goal. Mm. I don't care how she does it. Hope to God she can do it. But that... It yeah. wasn't that. It wasn't fucking. We just get the ball near Charlie, and Charlie will make something happen. It was a collective team effort, and a lot of lesser lights had some really nice moments, and that was so important. So what happened this time? You mentioned quarter time being a circuit breaker. What I loved about the second quarter not starting so well is that we didn't wait till half time to find a response to get a rocket. Yeah, we weren't just waiting for the bell. You know, we mm. we fucking came out and we found a bit of rhythm. We found a bit of a groove. We didn't need a break in play to break the momentum. We made it happen ourselves. And pleasingly, we got the game that we looked well and truly beaten in. We looked out of. Well, halftime rolls around and it's it's a lightning premiership game. Yeah. It's a half. Yeah. We're two points down at halftime and it's one half a footy now. You've had our measure for the most part and you're two points up. Yeah. So now we played our footy. And then we should have been further ahead at three-quarter time, clearly. Yeah. Burned a few half chances. But then it was, geez, you boys have expended a lot of energy. Geez, we're pretty gassed ourselves, but now it's half an hour. Yeah. And it becomes a slog. and You know, it becomes attritional. That's right. But, but when it gets to that, it's a lot of things get taken off the table. And the game that comes to mind, and it comes to every Carlton supporter's mind, is the 99 prelim. Once it's a slog, anyone's in it. And obviously, on the weekend, we showed that we are a capable enough team to to hold on and, and work through that. But it was the same. Essendon were a much better side than us in 99. It's that great piece but of But at half time, we go there and go, that's it. There's a half a footy gone and we're here. Mm. We should have been blown out the bloody water. But you know what we made? They did that the next year. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just ran out of bodies the next year. Um, it's that, that piece of music, Bill Conti, is it War? When it cuts to the montage, and it's just that, it's just, it's brutal. Or is it going the distance? It, uh, yeah. One of them. Maybe. Mm. But it's just that brutal, attritional, just who, who's got it in them. And we said to the Gold Coast, which I loved, you're going to have to beat us. You're going to have to beat us. Yep. Can you do it? And they got 13 points up, and we said, no, no, no. Okay. 
you're going to have to beat us again. And then we got in front and it was, now you have to beat us. Can you do it? You hadn't done it. You haven't done it yet. Mm. You didn't do it in the first half. You didn't do it when you got two goals up twice. And we constantly were asking them the question, can you beat us? You know what the answer is, Sean? The answer was no. No. Or nein, as the Germans would say. Um, what was the other, what was your favourite part of the turnaround? Or what was your most pleasing aspect of the turnaround, shall we say? It was the the want to go to work. There was it was not one of those ones where once we flick Charlie aside, because he he can take the piss when he wants to. Mm. Charlie aside, it was requiring just just effort. Effort on effort on effort at every contest. It's it's not going to be a we break out of this and there's a handball over the top and we're out and it's it's easy. No, every single play required a hundred percent effort by every person involved, and that was the most pleasing aspect. I agree. Of it for me. I agree completely. That was very very well said. Oh, it's another nineties banger. This is Lou Bega. What a moment in time this was. I'm just trying to think with it. You know the what? Someone used it. Actually, my girl did a Levi's jeans ad campaign. Do a leap up? No, my original. Oh, Jennifer Love You. Yeah. If you didn't live through... Was this 98? Yeah, late 90s. If you didn't live through this era, you have no appreciation of how enormous that song was. That song was huge. That so- It wasn't as big as the Macarena, obviously. It was massive. It was massive. And then I reckon after that, I think it was Macarena, as far as those... You're only going to get a shot at this once. So what was, it was, what was the Lou Macarena. Ba- then- what was Lou Baker's other... Um- did he have another one? Yeah, he had, he, had, he had a. I'm gonna look this up. He had a follow-up single, which was like. And then the ketchup not, song came out probably early 2000s. That was kind of you know that trashy, dancey. Played at receptions. I I wanted what was Lou Bagger's second single, and one of the Google responses is, "How many kids does Lou Bagger have? <laughs> How many does he have, Sean? Award-winning artist Lou Bagger. Award-winning has left behind his womanizing ways." And he's now happily married with two young children. That was in 2021. Is Mumbo Number no. 5 actually a Mumbo? Okay. When did Mumbo Number no. 5 come out? 99, says. 99. How much money did Lou Bega make? Lou Bega is a German you know Mumbo you musician. You who you haven't played that Lou was... Lou Bega's German. He was born in uh, what? Munich. What? I would have assumed he was Dominican no, or... No, uh... Born in... Ja- Lou Bagger is a German mumbo musician who was uh, born in Munich, Bavaria. Is he German in the same way that the Gypsy Kings are French? In the same way that I'm Australian? Well, maybe. Well, he was obviously born there, so his parents, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Bagger, were living there. Yeah, but obviously, um, you know, we're a very multicultural world now, but Lou Bagger is... Dark skinned, so I don't think he's of traditional German ancestry. I got a girl was Lou Bega's second single. I got a girl. What of his songs are? I reckon he's a 
Very similar theme. Son of to a lot of his songs. Immigrants. Well, he probably was big. He was like, I mean, Lou Baker. Look him up, Lou Baker. It's like, like I said, it's like the Gypsy Kings. They're not French by any stretch of the imagination, but they are. David Lou Baker Bellamesmi, Bellamesi, better known by his stage name, Lou Baker. Um, he is about Lou Baker. He's forty-eight years old. He's just twenty-four when he gifted. Mama number five to the world. Baker. Whenever I think of Lou Baker, I think of like artists like Shaggy. He was, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he was born in Munich, Bavaria, to an Italian mother. What? Who, who came from Sicily and a Ugandan father. Okay. So His he's... father, Charles, went to West Germany in 1972 to study biology. Hence is his Until, complexion. Uh, oh, this, he's, hey, he's, not, he's not South American at Fab all. Is, Lou Baker is about to become Fab's favourite artist. Until age six, Baker spent most of his time with his mother, Nicole, in Italy. So he grew up in Italy. Well, there you go. There you go. Lou, Lou Baker. Baker, Kobe Bryant, same, same. Same, same. Can't tell them apart. Chicken salad's time. I mentioned the crowd earlier. A special shout-out to the Carlton crowd up on the Gold Coast. were absolutely fantastic, and you could see how much it meant. The, 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 you alluded to the vision after the game of the players getting on the bus and stuff like that. Um, I think it actually – I think it made a genuine, tangible difference on the day. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. It, and attacking that end of the stadium as well, um, I think was really important. And the boys – Charlie loves it. Charlie feeds off it. Do you, know who else, I, do you know who else loves it? And I'm talking about loves it. Loves it more than Charlie. Oh, he's? Yeah. But they – playing forward and they love it. You have to – you feed that and you feed Joey that energy. Hates, Joey hates Matt Owies. Why? He hates it. Oh, oh, mouthing off and all this stuff. Mind you, Joey's going to cop it tomorrow. Mind you, Joey, doesn't, does Tom Liberatore play oh, for oh, He's literally. He just texted you. What's he got to say for himself? Joey's a bit of a mini fab. Kelly and I always say that fab is sort of surreptitious. He's kind of adopted, unofficially I've... adopted Joey. So Joey, he's just ignored. You see a little bit of yourself in him, I think, as a young man. I'm just replying, bark, bark, woof, woof, bark. You know, there's a guy who does those videos. He's in his room, talks about the bulldogs. He's no. like, doggies, 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 bark, bark, bark. Oh, I haven't seen that at all. <laughs> it's like that drunken lout St Kilda supporter who does a knock, knock. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I love the guy. Was his name Damien, the Collingwood guy? On- I don't advocate violence, but someone needs to knock, knock her out. <laughs> oh, What? That's that is a brutal, brutal. I did not expect that from you at all. <laughs> no, like I said, I don't advocate violence. And what it's coming to light, what's happened to um? Oh, Zebel. Zebel was fucking horrific. Yeah, how have that happened? Some people just honestly need to get a, a, a grasp on. I mean, life. Hopefully, he's okay. Obviously, everything I said about the St Kilda girl was in jest. Yeah, but you know, just some people just. Aren't fit for society, unfortunately. Yeah, some people are just heroes and they're just dickheads. Um, yeah, the crowd was fantastic. Look, and this is what we've How got. How good was the weather? But this is what we've got to work with. We've we've got what Collingwood have. We've got what Richmond had in 2017. We've got the big partisan crowd. We've got the players who feed off it, so feed them. Uh, Charlie Kernow, of course, chicken salad. Is he the best player in the game? Yes. Yes. Yep. And, and people will say... Oh, the best player in the game is a moment-in-time judgment. Do you know what? At the start of the season, I said Jeremy Cameron was the best player in the comp. And he was. He was. All right? And and that's – the best player in the game is 
like I said, it's it's a moment in time. It's a snap. It's a what have you done for me lately conversation. Yeah, yeah. And look, credit to the big drunken lout from your area, Rubbo. <laughs> I think he put Charlie at number one in his top one hundred preseason or top fifty preseason, whatever it is. I think that he's the most um, he's the most dynamic player in the game. Hundred percent. Hundred. He's. People will look at it and go, oh, he's not the best kick, he's not the best mark, and he's not – but he's everything. It's like Buddy. You look at Buddy, Buddy's career. Buddy's never took a mark. Couldn't though. take a mark to save himself. Save himself. But who cares? Who I think cares? what I love about Charlie, he, he, but, he, but he, he takes the marks in the big moments. He loves the big moments. He kicks the goals. He creates goals. He's just fantastic. Do you know what I love? His 60-metre kicks effortlessly mm. from defensive 50. It's crazy. When he was he – was, Basically putting us on set of wing. Anyone else, even Weeders, Weeders, it's, yeah, okay, Charlie's got that 60-metre kick in him. The other chicken salad I had in the same part of the ground was the supporting cast forward of centre. I think the mix is clearly Oe's, Motlop and Martin. Yeah, and Mott's, I don't know what sparked it. I don't know if he ate that subway or whatever it was or whatever he was going to have prior to the Port Adelaide game. He had Nick Digan's role. He's got the ghost of Nick Digan, or the spirit. Wouldn't have the ghost Nick Digan still. Sometimes a player, particularly a developing player, they just need the moment or the the whatever it is that sparks them or whatever it is that that just clicks for them. Yep. And and he's had that mid year. I mean, always Motlop and Martin each kicked two goals on the day. They they each had hands in others and massive moments that were super important to the result. You know, they took their chances, which was great. But more than that, and something I'm really encouraged about, was they all embraced the responsibility. Yeah. I've got to step up. Like, Motlop kicked a couple of goals out of nothing. Is I've he, actually got to step is up. Is he the best exponent of a snap that goes dead straight? Yeah. He snikes – like, most people, if you snap it, you've got to overcompensate. When you're facing something front on, mm. somehow he hits it, doesn't belly it, and yet they go straight. Oh, look, Martin, he's had some kind of renaissance in the back half of the year. I don't um, know this story. Hopefully you can shed some light for us and our listeners. People are saying that he heard something about his wife got frustrated at the injuries. This is extraordinary. This is a world first. Pete Molinas has got decent intel um, and he hasn't misheard this. So the intel was Martin had obviously had these recurring calf problems and um, they were they were getting a bit frustrated that the progress wasn't being made. And let's be fair here not potting Russell or co, but progress wasn't being made. No. Um, and they sort of, I think she did a bit of a Google. The rumour is she did a bit of a Google search. Yeah, she cracked the shits and was like... And was sort of like, we've got to figure out, can we figure this out? Mm. And because he, they, players bring home frustrations yeah. and then your partners have to live with it. And and, and he was, um, I think at some stage, he was going up to Sydney on days off and he was travelling kind of out of pocket, I suppose, um, to go and see other other voices, other specialists to hopefully get some help. But yeah, she had she'd done some research, done some googling, um, and then I mean I'm not saying that's the fucking reason it's turned around, mm. but they they went and spoke spoke to someone else, and and he he's been fantastic since he's come back in. He's got some hard bark on him, which I like. That's that's the thing. If you look at him, he's he's wiry. He but- had a, he had an unbelievably important moment in the last quarter where he contested with two, and then that Collins tried to break away, and he just collared him by the shirt. Just got him by the like the sleeve, yeah, and it meant that Collins had to just dump the ball. He had to handball it out. We got it back in, and I think that was the goal Charlie kicked. Um, 
But it was just he's, such a small moment that if he doesn't get a hand to him, Collins is out. The ball is a, a back flank. Jack Martin's the player that opposition players would look at him. And when you go into those body-to-body contests, you think, oh, yeah, I've got him. Like, say, a Maynard would think, oh, yeah, I've got him. And then you hit him and you go... He's very sinewy. It's very... a fucking wall I've just yeah. hit. He's a bit like your salami. That's, that was not... Do not... No, in a good way. Oh. You know, you're looking at it, you're sort of like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, not much to him. But, but he's fucking fierce. That, oh, that, that salami is outrageous. Oh, he just takes his chances and he's you know converts those shots that you need him to. Uh, and he's good for energy as well, you mentioned. Yep. And Jesse, as we said, just some class. He's had some really, really class finishes and really important finishes, which are great. Next chicken salad for me was all hands to the pump, all shoulders to the wheel. We defend and have done the last two weeks, and even against the Saints as well, but we've been defending with such desperation. Like there was a period in the third quarter where we weathered this unbelievable like string of Suns attacks, mm-hmm. and they ended up getting a relatively like one cheap goal from this passage of play. Yep. But we just said... It's going to be you're not. This is going to be real hard for you. This is going to be. There's going to be. We're going to be throwing bodies in the breach. We're going to be getting. Everything's going to have pressure on it. No one. You're not going to have a square meter to work in. Um, and there was that. Like I said, I can't remember who kicked the goal. If it was Swallow or someone. Uh, I can't remember who it was. But it was frustrating because they defended so brilliantly for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Deep in defence, and I thought that. But kind not of, just the back six, as you said before. All shoulders to the one wheel. And I think take out Newman against Melbourne. I won't include I won't include Akers against Melbourne because I think he bellied the ball. He wasn't intending it to go centre. There's times where the whole the, the blind dump kick, right? That can get you in trouble. But when you know at that thirty to forty meter thing. We're going to have not one bloke. We're going to have another two or three who have pushed up the ground hard. That that dump kick is going to be another contest. We're just actually just pushing everything further away from our goal. That's when you know everyone's got a bind. Because if it's, if it's not a bind, that dump kick is coming straight back over your head. And Saad's been doing dump kicks. Doherty's been doing dump kicks from the minute he walked in the club. But... When you're when you're under the pump, sometimes that's all you've got. It just you gives you, you some time. Yeah, get it out. And, and if it, at that next phase, you've got bodies there. But no, even if you get it out, and then use ten seconds just to fucking mobilize mm. and take stock and get some shape. And and eventually, everyone, someone, but, every, but everyone gets off the ground and we're ready to go. Someone will yield or heed our advice, Sean, and yeah, just kick the fucking ball. In row Z. Kick it into the second tier. Yeah. Or if you're at like Metricon or, or something, just, just try and kick it out of the ground. Yep. And just go, yep. We're going to just give yourselves 15 seconds, 10, 15 seconds. It's going to take re-re- 20 seconds to get the ball back. Yep. Let's just organise. Like in soccer, we just punt the ball out of play. We're going to organise ourselves 100%. Next chicken salad for me was the outcasts. What have you just produced out of your pocket there? No, no, I found this, which shouldn't I shouldn't have found it because it should be in the lightsaber, but that is the battery pack oh, okay. for my lightsaber, which I may bequeath to you in my will. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. Um, and the last chicken salad for me, the outcasts. Paddy Dow and Zach Fisher are making their magnets awfully hard to remove from the whiteboard. 
Zach especially, just because the role he is taking or, or the, the position he's taking isn't an automatic lock. Paddy Dow is up against much stiffer competition in um, in Chera Walsh and Chera. And Kennedy, to a lesser extent, I think he's got Kev- Kennedy covered. On form. On form. Well, Kennedy doesn't have any form. He's not even playing two. Exactly so. right. But Zach Fisher, unfortunately, the only thing behind him is, is Boyd, who Boyd was playing good football up until then anyhow. But it's, it's not like you're going to say as much of a muchness in there. If anything, Zach Fisher offensively is providing more than what Boyd he was. So, look, and I love how there was this thing, oh, Mackay and this. Why are they trying to make these these selection? I wouldn't even call them headaches. These selection issues as 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 negatives, it mate. Would. It's not like we've got players. It's it's a good headache. But this is we spoke. we're not scratching who can play. We, we've got a, a, an, a we've got more players than we have positions. That's a good thing. Wouldn't you just say that the Harry Mackay conversations front Outrageous. and center with that? Like, if anyone spoke to me about that on one of those shows, you'd just say, you're coaching Carlton, are you finding a spot for him? It's just ridiculous. You know, and the answer is yes. Fuck you're finding you a are. spot for him. It's just, so why are we having this? The conversation isn't... Especially, Sean, the in finals football. The conversation isn't, are you finding a spot for him? The conversation is, who's the unlucky guy to go out? Yeah. That's the conversation. Because in finals football, when and if things get tight, like we just said, those dump kicks need to be had. What about Dicko? Do you see Dicko? Oh, I wouldn't be playing him. Wouldn't be playing him against the finals. I've been there. You, know, you can't go back. You've got to go back and kick the goals. Don't know if you can rely on him. What finals did Dicko play? Please, man. Oh, well, that was my exact thought. Dicko played in an era just after that dog shit era that I... And just before the next good one. Right. And you were in that no man's land. Yeah, you had that prelim where you were probably robbed against... Hawthorne. Oh, Essendon. Essendon. Um, Essendon were a better team. They Hawthorne, Trent Crowe just on the hit day, the post. Yeah, on the day... Yeah, but was it the umpire who stooged Diesel out of a Brownlow that fucked Hawthorne as well? <laughs> I don't know. Was it John Russo? It's not the John Russo medal, as uh, Diesel once said. <laughs> John Russo's response would be, it is also the fairest and best player, Diesel, and you spent the entire day calling me a cunt. So, you know. Um, excellent stuff. Moving on now to chicken shits. Don't, again, don't want to sort of labour. We sort of spoke a bit earlier, but defensive shape early was really frustrating. Couldn't shut the door. Didn't react quickly enough in that first quarter to halt their momentum, which only built their belief. And then the other one of that, for me, chicken shit-wise, we can't be letting David Swallow have seven shots at goal. We can't be letting Alex Sexton. Alex Sexton, and this is one of Timbo's notes. Timbo te- uh, texted me through some notes. Have you referred to any of them so far? I don't think so. I have read them, so subconsciously I may, um, I may have. But he just said, Sexton and, Ro- and Roses love playing Carlton. And it's true. I don't hear or see these blokes at any other stage in the year, but they kill us, both of them. So chicken shit. Do you want to hear Ch- Timbo's chicken shit? I do. Are we up to salads or shits? Shits. All right. Well, he's salad. Um, yeah, nothing there that we haven't really touched on. Good. Um, the start. All right, obviously, that that was anyone listening, anyone who watched would know. Obviously, a chicken shit was that the way we started. Third quarter opportunities not taken. 
And that yeah. we, we touched on that before. We we kind of shouldn't have been in that position late in the game because we were. It was part where <clears throat> I think we were. Motlop kicked his goal, and we were you know a kick or so up. And I, I've said to Dad, I go, we're actually we're a goal away from breaking this. Maybe we're, we're we're a goal away from. We just need to get a good. We didn't really get a great opportunity, but it's like we're a goal away from breaking this open. No, nah, the rest of it, it's it's. Thank God Sexton bellied late in the game. Good. But that, that was my only other chicken shit was just, yeah, those two boys, you can't be letting them sort of take the game away from you. As I said, in full respect, he's had, he's had a, a better yeah. a better career. Like He's had a good career. Yeah. But like I said, I thought he retired two years ago. <laughs> or is that the North Melbourne one? They're brothers, aren't they? Yeah, they're brothers. He, yeah, uh, well, I thought they were both out of the, out of the system. The, but other, the North Melbourne Swallow retired a while ago. Was he captain and they kind yeah. of retired him? Yeah, captain. The game went by him very quickly. You just went, oh, fuck. Who's a worse captain? And I'm not saying they both had talent, but... Ben Stratton? At least he's got a premiership or something. Got several premierships. Jack Trengrove was made captain. Yeah, but that's not his fault. Swallow. This For me, Stratton, the Stratton one was just Clarko flexing his muscles at, at Hawthorne and no one at the club standing up to him and going, McAvoy's the captain. Nick Maxwell. There you go, I said it. Shit out, captain. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him, he was telling a story of mate, on one of the social medias and I'm thinking, I don't remember your first name. And I didn't want to check the comments. I was like, and then you know, now in your head you get an answer and you know it's wrong. Because I had Glenn Maxwell. And I know that's a cricketer. But all I had in my head was Glenn Maxwell. And I think, I don't know this bloke's name. <laughs> it came to me now, Nick Maxwell. <laughs> oh, very good indeed. It's another 90s banger fab. Oh, it's another one. He rock operas. His reputation in Australia was ruined. Oh, I don't think it was ruined. I think it was enhanced. No. It was so bad, it was amazing. It was bad. I'm not going to dispute it. This is a great song. What a banger. He's Bad Out of Hell album. Paradise by the Dashboard Light is a rip-in track. He's got a lot of good songs. He's not a bad actor. Dead, of course. He says he's not a bad actor. He had the bitch tits in Fight Club. Fight Club, yeah. With their realistic nipples, they were, they were, it was unnervingly it was real. Weird. Yeah. Uh, a movie that halfway through it, I thought this is shit, and then the twist came, and I'm like, no, oh, that's it's, amazing. It's actually all right. <laughs> no, he, oh, you say ruined his reputation with that performance on Grand Final Day. I think you just own it. I'm gonna kick some fucking ass or something. Whatever he said. I think you just own it, and you just own the fact that he was so horrible that it was amazing. Some things transcend, like yeah, but... like Lionel Richie came out the next week and was the consummate pro, and you're kind yeah. of like, there's no fun in that. There's no fun in watching a talented musician. But because just... it's it's on record, like Tina, Tina Turner. Tina D- Arena. D- no, no, I wouldn't sully either of their names. But, um... Oh, Jesus, one of the all-time greats, Coke Fiend. What's her name? Whitney Houston Whitney came Houston, out. Yeah. And a lot of people, my sister-in-law went and saw her and said she couldn't sing to save herself. She was cooked. But it's it's not, it wasn't something she did publicly. It's not an 
a lasting legacy that she's left behind. Mm. It wasn't so it didn't tarnish her overall reputation. Whereas, yeah, you say it again. Whereas but, the loaf, the no, loaf came you, out. You say it again, like you're saying that people aren't looking back on that like it's one of the great moments in Australian football history. Like Gil came out and bagged him and had a laugh at his expense, and I'm thinking he went down the slide dressed as meatloaf. Piss off, Gil. Why has Gil got his arm in a sling at the moment? I don't know. I hate Gil. I hate him. The, the, the droopy, sad eyes. The worst thing about Gil is his brother. Hammer? Yeah. I don't mind Hammer. Nah, I hate him. It's just terrible. What about when he was doing that interview series, Last Time I Cried, and it was like it was the most pathetic attempt to win like media awards I've ever he seen wants, in my he, life. He wants a Walkley. You 100% want a Walkley. Can we win a Walkley for doing this? Yeah, probably. If we get maybe like at a... Uh, a nomination. A fan, fan award or something. Probably. I'll, I'll get Clubber Ganoush. All Clubber Ganoush members, get on this and nominate the Prendercast for a Walkley. There's probably some kind of uh, podcast, fan podcast awards or something or media podcasting <laughs> awards or something like that. Could you imagine us? Well, yeah. Is there a gala dinner? Yeah, probably. There's some sort of gala presentation evening. Well, Timbo oh. needs to rip out that. Bow tie again. I'll just turn up like wearing my Man United tracksuit and <laughs> <laughs> sitting in my slides and go up on the stage and go, thank you, <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you say the loaf tarnished his legacy. I say the loaf enhanced his legacy. I say that the loaf in 2010, the best years had come and gone, and he just gave himself. 2011. Was uh, it 10 or 11? It was 10, wasn't it? No, it was 11. Well, I thought, no, because it didn't... No, didn't, no, no, because no, Lionel yeah. came out 2010 replay. Yeah, so 10, 10, 20, nah. 2010 proper was the I'm loaf, I'm going to say it's it? the Geelong one, because I remember oh, maybe. Like, Tom Lonigan came out of the rooms. It was rainy that day, and Tom Lonigan said he came out to hear meatloaf. Yeah, or <laughs> he maybe. He went back whatever. in the rooms, and he was laughing. Someone said, what's wrong? And he goes, that was horrible. No, but again... Pretty sure it was 2011. Again, people say oh, it was either be either be absolutely amazing... And people remember, fuck, like, oh, like I'm, a, I'm a fan of this, but like the killers were really, really killers good. Killers were great. And people walked away from that going, oh, they were and great. And Robbie was great. Robbie, people like, people, people walk, love Robbie. But people walk away from those going, that was great. That was really, really good. Meatloaf's the one everyone talks about because it was so, so horrendously bad. And he didn't walk up on the stage thinking, I am going to fucking shit the bed here. But he did. And Do you then, reckon he did a rehearsal? Do you reckon he did no, a sound check and they've gone? Absolutely not. Maybe we should dub this. He just would have got up there and said, and you know what else he did? He fucking went for it. <laughs> like he committed a thousand percent to that performance and he had no business doing that because he was all over the shop. It was absolute, it was fantastic. And sometimes that's what they are. Sometimes it was so bad it was good, you it was reckon? It was so bad it was amazing. All right. The SI. Morales Memorial Buster Nut Trophy winner for this round is one man and one man only. You're on the same page? Jack Martin. Fuck. That's what Timbo's got. What I, an I, idiot. I've, I've got Mots. What? Yeah, I've got, I, I, I thought Jesse absolutely busted a nut. Salami. It's the most obvious SI Morales. I say this every week. Paddy Dow. It's Paddy Dow. Is the SI the Morales. The SI Morales, I finally figured it out. It's just whoever you think has busted it. The biggest nut. No, well, Paddy Dow's got the story. Like, he's maligned. He's been written off. He's been disregarded. The club told him to leave. The club said, we'd rather keep Will Setterfield. And he said, no. And he said, no. Like, he ended up with uh, 24 touches, which was an equal career high for him. 
Um, he took six marks. He laid four tackles. He led us with seven clearances. He had seven score involvements. Yo, I'm the scat man. Where's the scat man? I'm the scat man. Who would have thought that Paddy Dow would be the guy, one of the guys, to drag us into the finals? And his performance yesterday was central to us winning the game. I'm not disputing any of that. But he is a very, very worthy. There's winner more. Of the SI. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's not. He's not unworthy. He is a very worthy. He's more a more worthy winner of the SI than Tim's nomination. I've got more. What a so Tim's man. got Jack Martin for persistence. Jack Martin was really good. Collins tackle on the wing, two on one. That's you, what you, I we said. mentioned it before. I mentioned that. Can I, can I do it, Tim? Yep. Can, I, can I have a moment, please? Kinga's birthday today, so happy birthday to Kinga's. Oh, fucking hell. Um, Did he make a note of that? Yes. Why? How else would I know it's Adam Kingsley's birthday? Fucking hell. Um, and I said, what, you at Adam, is that where you're going today? But obviously they're in Sydney, so mm. no, no, it's not. He's just... He's just having some fat cat lunch. That's right. I think he's just going him on, and Elise. On someone else's dime. Um, Tim's not playing. We said that earlier. Tim's not paying for that. World Athletics Championships in Budapest oh, starts today. fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> These are the detailed notes Timbo's given me. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even on the show, Tim, and we're giving you the whistle. Um, absolutely ridiculous. But Paddy Dow is the Frank Langella. Uh, no, sorry, the what is it? The S.R. Morales. <laughs> you don't even know yourself. I don't even know my own awards anymore. Do we want to do a Frank Langella? I think there's a soft Frank Langella nomination this no, week. No, I, I, think, I think there is. Ooh. I've, I've reworked the Frank Langella music. I think we're in lockstep with this one. I thought about it. I was thinking, do we have – is Charlie Curno Frank Langella worthy? When I look at Charlie Curno, I just see Skeletor. Yeah. Like, big stakes. Would Adam McPhee have a lock on this? Kevin Bacon style as well. Um, <laughs> big stakes, huge performance. And while there are lots of players that were really central to the turnaround for the season and on the day, like this bloke, to use that soccer term, like this guy is our talisman. Is he the best player in the competition? All those questions. Mm. It's going, he, he is just a force. Yeah. And he's the sort of player that we haven't had probably. Since Chris Judd. But even in a different way since Fev. And he's yep. more consistent, probably more consistent than Fev. And he can do a few more things yeah. than Fev. But Fev would have his day when that Essendon game of Fev is. Ridiculous. And he only did it for a half. Phenomenal was... player. Absolutely phenomenal player. So I think he's the centre of the Carlton universe, um, Charlie. Yep. And he's every bit the player that we hoped he'd be and thought we'd lost. Yep. And just remember the AFL media would have you believe that whenever we would say, oh, we're missing Charlie Kerner, oh, you can't look at injuries. You can't look at it. Well, he wasn't an injury, any old injury. No. And he's come back and what he's done is absolutely magnificent. And he's eight goals clear, obviously, in the Coleman. Um, they are angry and they are playing West Coast. So. No, no, they're playing West Coast, but they're playing them at Optus. And it's sort of going to be – West Coast has just had a good win today. And it's going to be an emotional game. They're farewelling Shannon Hearn and Luke Shuey and Nick Natanui. And is there someone else that retired from there as well? The whole but, fucking club should the retire. The whole fucking <laughs> club. But, I mean, that, they'll, they'll be emotional. It's their last home game. They've had a shocking year. They're farewelling some club greats. He's going to need nine to take the lead. And Charlie having none. And Charlie will know exactly when he needs to kick if they play him on the Sunday. Yeah. And that's something to look forward to. We obviously want to beat the Giants, but it's this funny thing. Imagine if, again, perfect world, Tex kicks seven and we can rest Charlie. Did you only 
Did you have any flashbacks to 2008 yesterday watching the Giants and the Bombers? Which, what do you mean? When uh, the GWS were trying everything to get oh, yeah. um, Hoag's his, uh, his 10th goal. How, how do you feel like oh, the, the hardest that Adam Simpson has coached this year has been denying Charlie 10? Yep. He, he puts, he's put more emotional energy into to denying yep. that. And he got there once. But he's put more energy into denying that than he has at any other point of his coaching this year. Um, so I'd be disappointed if they don't do the same for Tex. Yep. But um, Has Marcus Bontempelli cost himself the Brownlow today? We know nothing of it. I don't he, know how he, he played. He, he could have kicked six and have three votes in the bank. But. <laughs> I don't know how he played. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. But I think the thing for us, you know, you get selfish and whatnot, but it's a fantastic – you don't, you don't follow the club – for Charlie to win the Coleman, Harry to win the Coleman, all Australians last year, Paddy no. Cripps to win the Brownlow. They are fantastic moments to enjoy and share along the way. Um, and if he could win back-to-back Coleman medals and be a two-time Coleman medalist, I mean, I think Fev's a two-time Coleman, our only multiple Coleman medalist. Yeah, probably. Um, we did have a competition-leading goal kicker some time ago, but I don't think I don't think Soapy ever won the, the equivalent of the Coleman, well, maybe. Isn't Soapy older than John Coleman himself? Yeah. No, so, but, so but, couldn't win the Coleman. No, but in terms of being league leading goalkeeper, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but to be a you know, two-time Coleman medal winning winner for us would be and absolutely be fantastic. Third on the bounce for the Blues. Yeah, it's very very good. The, blo- the bloke that people are considering whether he should play or not. He's, he's already one. he's already got one of them, but we should probably piss him off. So, S. I. Morales winner Paddy Dow, Frank Langella ceremonial commendation for excellence is Charlie Turner. <laughs> is that the full name? That's of the, the full award? name. So we've only given out two two Langies. Or two skellies. Is, is Charlie both the recipient? Yeah, because Charlie won it for the ten. Yeah, the ten against the Eagles. So yesterday was a different performance to win it, but yeah. he was absolutely well, Coleman's phenomenal. Langies, same thing. Same thing, as prestigious. You've got mail. Tim W's got in touch with the first question of the mailbox. Question for Hoff47. Next week we play the Tim Davis Conundrum Cup. If the result is a home final uh, for your like, friend, a home final for us or finals berth for your friend, which way do you go? I think we've got a home final either way. Well, I think Tim's answer yesterday, I think, answers that question pretty clearly. He wanted us to lose yesterday yeah. and lose next week. He wants Adelaide's decision to be overturned and yeah. somehow, somehow we mathematically can... Can't make it anymore. He's barracking for us to fail inexplicably. <laughs> um, Love you, Timbo. And D, do you give Cripps a well-earned Ant rest? Solar. No. Oh. Uh, do you give Cripps a well-earned rest next week to get his body right? If he's got any niggles, he doesn't play. Doesn't play. No. Um... Adam King, with Walsh and Chera back next week, there is a groundswell of support from the usual suspects to drop Paddy Dow, but his form is far too good. He gains massive metres for us from stoppage. Uh, Cripps probably misses with his ribs anyway. Um, but Ed, Ollie, and Cotter's got to be first in the gun to go out. Well, question for you. This is I know it's a mailbox question. Yeah. I'm going to kind of piggyback. If they're available, but all you want is for them to run their legs over... Do they play twos? For that, for that reason only, just to no, you get they they could get they could do they would do loads at training. Okay, they would just be able to do match loads, or or a scaled back version of that. Yeah, but no, look, um, did some match loads last night. Did you? Yeah. Um, Adam's question is <laughs> that's horrible. That's horrible. It's bad. Um, Adam's question is well, look, 
at the moment, you know, Paddy's done a great job and, and he should have sort of first right of refusal on that spot just at the moment. Next week is still obviously a home and away game. What the composition of the team looks like for a final is something else altogether. So, um, but just at the moment, I think it's it's his spot, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Chapcoon, we are seemingly finishing games off a lot better relative to last year at least, and players are coming back at the right time, dare I say it. But should Andrew Russell be getting some credit? No. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is, and this is our bugbear with Andrew Russell all along. As Bill Belichick would say, Sean, do your job. This is his job. It's Roy Keane. That's his job. His job is to get the fit team fit and available. And if it was Roy Keane, Andrew Russell would be embarrassed it, it, to be he, getting praised. But he's you – know, that's true. But he's, his job is to have us fit and have players available. And for four and th- two-thirds year, he was terrible. Terrible. So now we've, like, as fit as you would expect a professional full-time sports team to be. And let's mm-hmm. not forget for one moment we've been paying a pretty penny for the privilege – Beast Mode Crips, if Mark Pitnett falls over in a forest and no one is around to hear it, does he still get selected in our best 23 come finals? Unfortunately, he will be. Vossi said he's the first picked on the team sheet. How did you feel when you heard that? Uh, uh, surely I'm not the only... Others are seeing it now. And that... I, I'll, I'll clip it up. But somebody will have it for us as well. That effort where he just... I understand when you're knackered, but you still got to... Walk towards a contest, try and be, try and put in a. He stood there and watched. Maybe it was a, a perspective thing as well. Maybe he was further away from the ball than you realize. I'll get it and cut it up. Okay. Well, I, I think I know you will. Len Jet, is it time to change the hit the post rules similar to the NRL and the NFL? So if it hits the post and goes through, it's a goal or a behind or back into play, it's play on. No, no, it's, we just, can't, a, it's just a bad mistake. We, we can't do that because. How many goals did Tony Lockett and James Dunstall and those guys actually kick? We can't yeah. then make it now easier for players to kick goals and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It just ruins all those historical records. I will say this. Fuck Adelaide. I don't know why, but yeah. they've irritated me of Yeah, late. they irritate me too. But last, that was terrible. How, why has that man, Kurt Rambis, as I described him on Twitter, why has he not reviewed that? They keep showing one angle. No, show where the ball is... Where it misses there, and then just like, it's, yeah, it's a terrible, yeah, terrible it's, call. It's a poor. Do you know guy. what it is? One of the Sydney players has whacks the, the post. post with his hand. Yeah, as when the ball was over the line. Yeah, that's, that's all it what, is. That's what I thought. And he's heard something, and he should have just gone. I heard it hit the post. I want to review it. Do they go to Snicko and then pick up that anyway? Yeah, I, I think that. To be fair, I think they on didn't, vision they probably say. I think they didn't give a Snicko at the time. Because someone in the arc's gone, he's fucked this up. He's fucked this up badly. And he's gone, Snicko's going to show a Sydney player why can't hitting they, the post. Can't they just call the fucking game back? What do you mean? Like, review it. They review goals. No, no, see, that's the problem. They should be able no, to. No, no, they review goals. Yeah, but not behinds. That's so this was, this yeah. was called a behind. It's ridiculous. Even though it's called a behind, what the fuck else are you doing? MP, has Fab stopped trolling Essendon posts yet? I didn't see this. Were you trolling Essendon posts? Yeah. Oh, just for fun, just for shits and giggles? Yep. What were you doing? What was your favourite? Oh, they're walking out before the game yesterday. Do you know what I love about Twitter? When you don't get things in sequential order, Mm. right, or chronological order. So I'm getting the video from 
the Essendon boys walking out before the first quarter and they're doing a whole lot of woo, wee, woo, woo. And I've just replied, woo, question mark. Didn't so, go their way yesterday, the Dons. Nah. It's fair to say. As I said to one, and I wasn't winding him up, one of the Don Caldwell, I think, on Twitter. And I actually think he responded. He knew you, you weren't no, winding sorry, him up. No, I'm, yeah. I'm not having a dig at you, but I just said the, I, the tweet, my tweet to him was something like, the problems with Essendon in a nutshell are Josh Marnie and Adrian Dodoro have butted heads and the brass have backed a guy who's had chances. He's got photos. But the, the board, or the, the whoever. Do you know what he's got? He's got this, you know the spreadsheet that went missing? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's but, got. But the board have backed the bloke who has had more than enough chances over the bloke who actually wants to change even things. If, even if he delivered you premierships, isn't there time for change? He's been there for 20 years. More. You're going, he, he, it just seems like the most obvious thing in the world for me as a fan. I'd like, be going. Shane O'Sullivan's still at Carlton, but he's, he's not in the roles he he's, was. No, he's not the list manager. Yeah. Do you know no, what I mean? So, and look, hey, may, long may it continue at Essendon, out at Tullamarine. How's um, your mum feel about blowing finals, the opportunity no, for finals? No, she just says we've just fallen apart. She says it's disgraceful. Uh, Jay Hyatt, thinking about our young supporters who have never seen this and only experienced misery and heartbreak. A moment for them and a moment for all Blue Baggers. Ethan, No, no matter out. what happens from here, as Hoff says, the Blues are back, baby. Um, yeah, and that's what's sort of special for me is that emotional again, not emotional as such, but you and I grew up with a very different Carlton. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who haven't seen us be what we've been for the last little bit. Yep. And it would be it'd be a refreshing change for them. Um, David Redbear, are you worried that you could run out of '90s bangers? I'm always worried. <laughs> it's a thing I forget to do, and like every week I'm like, oh fuck, got to come up with three more fucking songs. Um, and then lastly, Mark, late '90s, there was a, a female artist that started to take the pop world by storm and you're yet to play anything from her catalogue. Nelly Furtado? No. Mariah Carey? No, Mariah Carey is, is – you could play her at any stage in the 90s. Late 90s, there was a certain blonde – Britney Spears. Yeah. We did one, Baby One More Time, last did year. Did you? Yeah. Baby One More Time's on volume one. Um, Mark DT, which nine was better, Carlton's nine wins in a row or Jesse Hogan putting nine on S and Dope? Both. Yeah, Jesse putting nine on Essendon was fucking good watch. <laughs> and then guys like, uh, was Ridley down there? I don't even, like Zerk Thatcher's laughing at one point and just get your shit together. It was very, 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 very. I still, I love the whole Kyle Langford for all Australia. He's kicked, he's kicked 50 goals. Who <laughs> gives a shit? He's kicked 50 if goals. Nick Larky gets anywhere near the all Australian old vomit. The Suvlarky. Stop fixing your hair, Nick. I know it's receding yeah, it's at a leaving. rapid rate. Yeah. Just stop adjusting it. You're overly conscious about it. You're making it an issue. Yeah. You're ma- if you didn't, st- if you weren't touching it so often, no one would even care. No one would notice. It wouldn't be a thing. Is Kelly doing something? No. Well, you're looking at something. Uh, Johnny Rainclouds. Have you got a Johnny Raincloud? You do? No. Oh, your thumb. Burning your thumb when you were singeing all your documents. Yeah. You, you I, I, just, I can't believe. You know when you just. Right after you do it. Andrew Dimitri rang you and said, just get your house in order. Yeah. And you immediately started burning documents in the backyard. Absolutely. Actually, I ordered a safe on Amazon. How long ago? No, it was meant to be like, you know, the Prime one day. It's probably sitting on the front thing there. Oh, you actually ordered it yesterday. And Kelly's like, we're going to bolt this into the... Con-. I said, Kelly, it's, I've got it because it's fireproof. Just to put, you know, house titles. I and burn all my documents. Things in there that... 
you actually need. I said, oh, we're not. St-. I said, we don't have gutter now, but if you don't know our finances, you can It's the Dukes of Hazard here. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> the Duke boys. That's uh, one of my neighbours is just uh, two to the horn. Um, yeah, we're, it's not like we're stashing cash. You're not stacking bearer bonds in it's there. It's just, um, yeah, like passports and stuff. South African Kruger rands. It's, a, um, it's just so it's, it's fine. It's, if the house blows up, you could put it like, you know, you put hard drive in there or something of photos or what have you. I said, it's, just, I said, it's, it's not even going to be bolted down. You know, what, you know what photo I'd be putting in the safe? Which one? There's one photo I'd be putting in the safe. The Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> you and Jennifer Love Hewitt. I've got to fit, find it. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say the, uh, you, you were going to put the... Uh, the Buff Bagwell the portrait. The Buff Bagwell. It won't fit in the safe, no. You've got a big enough, like a bank. Do you know what I will be putting in the safe? A walk-in safe like at a bank. I will be putting in a replica of the Grey's Sports Almanac. You didn't say it properly. Grey's Sports. Why is he so croaky? Almanac. Almanac. Wide-eyed scientists. <laughs> if that day ever happened. I just got one question for you, Biff. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say, guys? Said he was a distant relative. Saw no resemblance. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. People underestimate. They couldn't match the bullet that killed your old man. You son of a... Oh, great. That's why I love part three. Part three... Isn't what the other two are, but it has gags. If you, the more you watch part three, it's it's funnier than the other two. It's all comedy. It's all comedy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it is. Clint Eastwood <laughs> when he's doing the he's doing the um, the moonwalk. We've we've spoken about this before. So for whatever reason, in the early nineties, <laughs> for whatever reason, in the early nineties, that that moment was just etched. It doesn't matter what movie you were watching. What was the ad on your VHS tapes? And they did the Mad Dog, you know, especially not some dooted up egg-sucking gutter trash. And that clip was in this, like, montage of you maybe Universal there's only, films. There's only, there's only two. It was maybe Universal films. So if you watched yeah. a Universal movie, they had, like, a montage of, like, classic moments. Yeah. And that Mad Dog Tannen bit was at, like, in the montage. Yeah. So and you I'm, always remember that. You always remember Would You Steal a Car? Yeah. And um, the other one was the the DVD where they'd show Swordfish mm. in like real like such poor quality that it's it's below VHS. Yeah, it's like less. It's like two hundred and forty four p. And then it comes in at VHS standard because you're watching it on a VHS. It comes in four eighty p because you're watching it on a VHS. And then if you want, if you were feeling really bougie, you could get yourself a DVD and watch it at five hundred and seventy six p. Wowee! Which eventually went to ten eighty. I didn't mind Swordfish. Didn't mind it. Well, there was no, was, no, 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 no. It's got nothing. It's to got do nothing with to do with that. No. It's got nothing to do with Halle Berry inexplicably having her tits out for no reason. For no reason. That scene is she, apparently she got paid a shitload of money for that scene. No, I just I like I like the like Travolta's role in it. Hugh Jackman, what if he's Hugh uh, Jackman with the ninety five thousand screens? Yeah, just uh, Hugh Jackman uh, post Wolverine, of course. Yeah. Um, that moment there. Uh, Back to the Future Two, just on that a little bit. Back to the Future Two has got some of the best. Um, like Sylvester, some of the best musical cues, particularly when you get to the latter part of the movie. Mm. The tunnel chase sequence is one of the best scored, one of the best um, staged set pieces in the history of cinema. Yeah. And it's Love just it. and it's just shot in a fucking tunnel. 
Yep. It's the most perfect. You don't have to worry about shooting nights, shooting on location, rain, the weather. And the stakes are clear. We're going down this tunnel. And when you get trapped at the end of it, there's only one way out. It's brilliant. And the tension of it's brilliant. And then the payoff with the the um, bunting coming down and yeah. you're grabbing it and going up. Fantastic. And then you have the moment of our heroes won the day. Sorry, we're just at the Easter Nats at the moment. Um <laughs> Be closer to summer nets than we are to Eastern. But I mean, you had that had that moment of um, we're at the end of the movie, and the vast majority of the audience wouldn't have known they shot two of them back to back, and there's going to be another one. Two and three, yeah. At they, the they, time. They, they wouldn't have known that. The vast majority of especially people, especially back then. Like I said, I've in, always said in 1989, my favourite movies of all time are the Back to the Future trilogy. But I knew nothing of the existence of Part Two, Part Three, until I went to Movie Land and it was on the shelf. But this is it. So, so what? But, but, so the Dukes boys are just there <laughs> raising hell. Daisy's just turned up. But <laughs> I thought you played a sting before. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but you had this moment of – so he goes up and then Doc, you know, you don't want to get struck by lightning and bang. And the audience is going – It makes a 99. But, but the audience is sort of going like the movie's ending. Yeah. It's the, one of the greatest cliffhangers. And then he, obviously the Western Union, you know, got and something show, for and you. And they show – and then the music. Dun, 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 Anything dun, that would top that is if it ripped the burnout. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but the classic Sylvester score fires up. He's only one man that can help me. Yeah. And the film ends with so much fucking energy. Looks like I lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was the guy. I guess you will not make this putt, you jackass. He is too. But the, the film. Hey shooter, you want to go to the Red Lobster? <laughs> Get some grub. <laughs> but the the film ends. In top fucking gear. Yeah. And you're sitting there five minutes earlier, you're shocked. It's a bit like like the Avengers Infinity War had a great ending like that as well, where you realise very quickly there's not enough time. Mm. So the, the plot starts playing out and you go, there's not enough time. Like the film, there's not another half an hour in this. Yeah. And Back to the Future, very, very much like that and fueled by Sylvester. The tunnel chase is unbelievable. The Back to the Future theme is unbelievable. And then Marty runs out into the street, you know. You did, you did, I came back from the future. Mm. And it just and it ends and then you get the to be concluded. Yep. And then they do the they do the trailer, they do the, the Back to the Future three so that trailer. Well you reckon that was shown in the cinema? I know it's yeah, shown yeah, in yeah. the okay. They do to be concluded and they show the Back to the Future three. Yeah, the horses and stuff. One of one of the great like the final ten minutes of that movie are perfect. Yeah. Like perfect. Might get a watch tonight. It's brilliant. I sometimes just watch the tunnel chase, and you got the da 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 da. You got the, the Sylvester of the drums. Have the they military drums? Have they cut out the ooh la la? No. So Netflix famously clipped some asshole clipped it. They clipped out the insert of the magazine, and then someone watched the movie, yeah. and put it on Twitter, and Universal. But I think behind closed doors, Universal were basically read up the riot act and said, "We lease you this movie." It's not you, your movie to you edit. You do not own this. You cannot edit or alter this film. And so some asshole at Netflix just cut out the insert of the magazine. Because the guy was listening. He goes, I wasn't even really watching. He goes, and it was just this real weird jump. And he picked it up. Um, my Johnny Raincloud, back to that. Um, I'll just make a note of us back to the future for my write-ups. My Johnny Raincloud is uh, when you're using the public facility, you're using the public restrooms. Yep. And that horrifying moment when you walk into the cubicle and the seat, the toilet seat's down. Yeah. And you're just thinking, this could be fucking anything. 
when you're opening it up. You so you're talking about when the lid, the top lid, the lid is down, yeah. the mm. toilet is sealed. This and could be. You could open it up and go, "Wow, this, this is surprisingly clean." This is a. This could be a horror film. And this could be. Me and Pete call there's, there's someone within the building. We call them the grass shitter because they've left what looks like grass clippings all over a bowl mm. once or twice. I'm thinking, how does it even get to that? The lawnmower. <laughs> or the whipper snipper. And um, yeah, or, or like Jim, I, I, Jim's I, mowing. I've seen some like I've come across some horrific. We've all got war stories where you walk into the public. The great train spotting, that great scene where he got to use, he's got to use the toilet. <laughs> he goes I've, into I've the not bathroom. seen train spotting. He goes into the. He's got to. Ewan McGregor's got to use the toilet, and he goes into the public restroom, and it's like it's a fucking nightmare. I'll give you the story of Goz busting into the to the bathroom at uh, at work. Is once. it the one where he's listening to the porn? No, that's the other one. <laughs> No, the other one, look, so I'm in cubicle one, Sam's in cubicle three. And all of a sudden, like, you're sitting there doing the business and no one touches the central cubicle unless it's... Yeah, no one wants to be in the middle. No, unless it's dire. And we just hear this door kick open and someone just bolts in, slams the door of the central cubicle and then... The sheets, they had one of those stupid half-rolling things where you get like one sheet at a time. And we just, all you heard was, <laughs> try to cover the toilet seat. There's no time. And then pants are off. And then just, this is, he's blowing the rear end out. I've lost my shit. I can hear Sam laughing. And it's not until later on that we found out it was God. Because if, if we, we all... If we all just would have known who was in each store, we all would have had a laugh then and there. But I'm trying to keep in the laugh, thinking it could be anybody. Oh, it was hilarious. So, Goz came out and he looked like. Was he like sweating? He was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that was bad. That was a war. Yeah. He's, no, just, the gone, one, he's just gone 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. The one where he's. he's you showed that to his boss. I'm in cubicle one, and he's gone into cubicle three. And he knew I was in cubicle one. And uh, yeah, he's put on some erotic video. <laughs> and like obviously I hear I hear the the moaning and yeah. whatever. And I you know, I, I start giggling, he starts giggling, and then someone walks in. <laughs> and so like, but he, he he hasn't been able to turn it off. <laughs> so he's trying to muffle it under his jumper. And you just hear the person walked in, goes to you and goes, What the fuck is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I reckon public toilets. I think, in, in just in, in the name of good humour, they should be. They should name the stalls. Like, I, I used to like playing at indoor soccer venues where they named the courts. So it was like Wembley or the yeah. San Siro or whatever. They should name the stalls. Oh. It's like where were you? Because I was in Wembley <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Um, yes, yeah, so my, my Johnny Rain Cloud is just that, but more than that. If if the job assess your clean up job, yep, I understand yep. that sometimes it re- some 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 turds require more work than others. Yep, don't stuff the bowl with an entire roll of toilet paper. Flush. You can push the button more than once. Flush periodically. Go. Ah, oh, this is this is this is heavy duty. This one. Mm. Do a first flush. Yeah, clear that. And then if you need to do some more work, that's what I say to Do my a kids. second flush. Because kids tend to use more paper than required. Yes. And I just yell at flush. <laughs> 
But that 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 one because you go into the public toilet and you're thinking the poor fucking person who has to clean this up later on. Yeah. There's some poor person who has to come through here after hours and clean this, literally clean this shit up. Yeah. It's probably going to have to do it with the hose. Yeah, and you're just like, what do you – come on. Just have a bit of respect have a for bit of respect others. for others is 100%, 100% correct. And then finally for Baganoush, it's Jimmy Sunshine. You don't have a Jimmy Sunshine, Absolutely do you? You have a Jimmy Sunshine. Yeah. Well, what a something th- I've been loving lately. What a thrill. What a joy to behold. Uh, my Jimmy Sunshine is um, the uh, – it's one sort of close to home. It's the Box Hill Hawks. We finished the home and away season in third place. Behind Gold Coast. And Werribee. And Werribee. Uh, so if you just allow me to get my, uh, my, my app out, I'll be able to tell you the state of play because I believe the other VFL games will have been run and won. Uh, Werribee. Werribee have beaten the Sydney Swans at the tramway. Sandringham have actually beaten Williamstown, which was interesting. Brisbane have beaten Casey. Hawthorne are in striking distance, by the way. Which is interesting. Uh, which means that with the latter confirmed, um, yeah, so we finish uh, we finish third, which means we'll play Werribee in a qualifying final in two weeks' time. Carlton, we've missed out. We've missed out on percentage, the VFL finals. Tied with North Melbourne, but we've missed out by 3.4%. Losing by 100 and something points. Losing, yes. losing by 130 points yesterday was suboptimal because Richmond actually did us a favour and beat North Melbourne, uh, but North Melbourne have taken that spot from us. But uh, no, just a shout-out to the uh, the Boxer Hawks. We've had an excellent year, finished third on the ladder, got a qualifying final in two weeks' time against Werribee, which is great. Very much looking forward to that. Fabby's going for a wander. No, I'm not wandering. Alexander, come here. Just come here for a sec. He's, he's calling his son out. He's, Alexander doesn't want a bar of him. Where's Harvey? Come here. Oh, what's happening here? Hold on. You know what they love? They love hearing stories of themselves. Come here, Harvey. Oh, they love hearing stories, do they? Come here. Oh, he's putting the headset on Harvey. Yeah. yeah. He's making his debut. Podcast debut. He's doing He's old man. He's fumbling with the mic, just like his dad. Sean's going to ask you a few questions about Carlton. Am I? Yep. I'm unprepared for this. Right. You're going to be on the podcast. You can ask him. We can hear you. All right, so who's your, who's your favourite Carlton player? Charlie Kerno. Charlie Kerno. That's a good choice. Did you watch the game yesterday? No. <laughs> oh, what's going on? You missed a good one. Did you watch the game yesterday? Oh, no. Obviously, Alexander, I was with him. Uh, so what, what have you? how much of the footy have you watched this year? Have you watched very much? You watched a bit of it, haven't you? A bit. Have you gone to a game this year? No. Oh. That's Why how... not? I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> entirely your choice, isn't it? No, your choice. You never hold on, hold go. on. I'll get, you, I'll get you one next. Anyway. <laughs> you never you, let us go. Do you want to say hello to anybody while you're on the thing? Do you want to say hello to your friends? Who are your friends at school? You don't want to say hello to them? They might be a listener. They might be a listener. You give them a shout out. They might be listening. Goodbye. Bye bye. Here you come over here. No, he doesn't want. No, I want to Alexander. I want to ask you about your morning routine. We want to here. I want to ask you about your push-ups. What do you do in the morning when you wake up? You do your push-ups. No, he's had a laugh. He hasn't disputed it. No. Do you like looking at your muscles in the in the mirror? He hasn't disputed it. He hasn't he hasn't qualified it. Yeah. Uh, no. So Jimmy Sunshine for me is just uh, they've just been hanging at the door. So I thought I'll put them on the uh, the Box Hill Hawks. So had a good start to the good finish to the year and 
play a qualifying final against Werribee in two weeks. What's your GB Sunshine? Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's incredible. One day delivery. You go on there, you pick it, and the next day it's at your doorstep. How are they making any money off this? They're not. I don't understand. But Jeff Bezos knows what he's doing. I don't he's get very, it. He's a very rich man. Or they as a company don't make the majority of their money off delivery. They they sell cloud storage. No, oh, it's, it's it's that loss leading yeah. factor. But yeah, Amazon Prime membership is unbelievable. So um yeah, that's that's my uh what are we calling it? Jimmy Sunshine. Jimmy Sun no, no, what did what did Tim call it? Everything else. Johnny Sunshine. You could call it everything else. Jennifer someone said Jennifer Sunshine. Jennifer Sunshine. Jimmy Sunshine. Jimmy Sunshine. I like it. Prime's a good shout. I like it. <laughs> I, I like, like a Prime. prime. <laughs> Excellent stuff. My dad wouldn't know what Prime is. He probably he's at the drink. He's a big fan of that. Prime. <laughs> you goes, put it on my TV, but it not log in properly. I thought you were going to say Prime because I have it in the fridge. He's a big fan of Logan Paul. And who's the other guy? KSI. KSI. He's Logan a, Paul is... <laughs> I think it's his girlfriend or his fiance. It's, this is this is a very unpleasant I don't, situation. I don't follow this bloke, but it comes up on my for you page all this the time. It's a very unpleasant situation. So, so, yeah. so, so there's some guy who I think maybe wants think to fight Logan Paul. Dylan, Dylan Dennis, like, or something. I've never like heard that. of him. Yeah, and he wants to set up some sort of fight with Logan Paul to make some money. Clearly, yeah. so he just keeps posting pictures of Logan Paul's now girlfriend, fiance Nina Agdal, yeah. yeah, who's a very beautiful woman, yeah, um, because. As very beautiful women and very beautiful people in general tend to do, um, well, they date very beautiful people yeah. and have relationships. And he's like, he's it's what this Daniel's what's his name Dylan something Dylan Dennis or something. What, like that? what he's what he's doing isn't good. And then worse than that, I'm I'm very unhappy and uncomfortable that there's a generation of complete fuckwits who are sort of like egging him on. Yeah, and it's like the only loser here is the poor woman at the middle of in the That's middle right. of this who who you're viciously attacking. To get at her her fiance or whatever, yep, and it's like it's fairly disgraceful behaviour, and somebody needs you to fucking stop, That's tell right. you to shut up. It's not nice. It's not. It's ridiculous. And as I said, the worst part about it is yeah, his behaviour, and it's gone unchecked, and then the people actually enabling I think, it. From what I can tell from a distance, that Logan's actually trying to be semi-responsible. You're gonna rip his arms off. I think, uh, yeah. It'd be a difficult thing to deal with. Yeah. But uh, how do we start talking about that? Oh, Tony. Tony. Prime. He's big, drink, he's big, drinking, big drinker. He's a huge fan of Prime. Knows nothing about the delivery service. Loves the drink. Uh, excellent stuff for Bag and Ash. We're here to chat a win. We've chatted everything else in between. It's a pleasure to have you back on. That's good because the sun's gone down now. It's yep. starting to get a bit cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be able to get this episode turned around and up tonight, which is good. We'll, uh, uh, we'll uh, start perusing the menu of. And fingers crossed, we'll uh, we'll do it all again next week scholars. after another win. Um, the the the, the printer DJ hashtag printer DJ to get the theme. Have we done three hits? Song. Yeah, we did um, meatloaf. Meatloaf. We did Alanis and uh, Lou Bagger. And we did Lou Bagger, German, the, the uh, German Italian, Germany's favourite son, Lou Bagger, who I just assumed was from like Central America, but Lou Bagger, he's from Central Europe, um, or part of Eastern Europe, Western Europe. He's more German than Bastian Schweinsteiger, one of the great names in football history. Yeah. We got him 10 years too late. Prime's, yep. Prime Bastion would have been brilliant. Yeah, they got him way too late. Yeah. They sold us. But he f- does have a love for the club. He does love the club. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Married to uh, Anna Ravanovic. He is too, yep. 
Interesting stuff. Excellent stuff. Prenna DJ will be playing now. Uh, give us a hashtag. Give us a guess. It's someone other than Leonard Puglia. Leonard, you can guess as well. But Leonard, stop it. Someone else. Give, him, <laughs> give someone else a chance, and we'll catch you next week. Streets of tomorrow.